Live from various points across the world, it's the Late Night Grin with your host, Joe Holbert, the Oracle of Wrestling, confirmed shoot, and Bob O'Neill. Ladies and gentlemen, let's grin. Can somebody please put me in the fucking intro? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If he, I, that's why Jesus. you're here every week, is so you have time to put you in the. This intro. like this like the second time in three weeks I've left my daughter crying in a fucking wet diaper or something. I gotta go, <laughs> and I can't. Wow, that's incredible. That's how this show starts with Jack just demanding he be in the intro. Yes, <laughs> it is the late night grin. It's episode ten, which is. You know, guys, I was thinking you know, that probably means we've done about 40 hours of this shit, which... Uh, Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that's... the one two-parter, so yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but anyway, this could be the most monumental yet. Uh, we have some fantasy booking ahead. We have the Rampage review we've been waiting for, of course. We have Bob O'Neill's update on his scratchy throat. We have so many different things. The Oracle Wrestling will be joining us for those things, contrary to his Twitter promotion earlier that just suggested he'll be watching on as we did it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I'm actually not able to do, but yeah. this is <laughs> that's a good point. He couldn't even watch if he wanted to. This is gonna be a great night. Um let's just go around the table. Shoot, how you feeling, pal? I'm doing good, man. That was a pretty good show. Um factual. I liked everything on it, surprisingly. Yes. Got a little bit shaky at the end there, but we got through it and it was in the end I agree I liked everything on it. Jack Crosby, the man oh. who is not in the intro. <laughs> How are you feeling, pal? Yeah, I don't, I don't, am I allowed to talk or do I? Am I supposed to fucking sit here like Bob? I'm going to recut this intro and then this motherfucker's not going to show up again for three months. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? What's it? That's the point. <laughs> I'm going to put, I'll say, and maybe Jack Crosby. <laughs> there you go. That's that's good enough. That's a fair compromise. No, that, that was... Uh, Wow, what an opening match that was, huh? That was some yes. shit. Yeah, we need to talk about that in some detail. But first, the Oracle of Wrestling. As I said, you will be joining us for tonight's show. <laughs> How you doing, pal? I'm great. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I uh, expressed my thank yous to uh, Tony Khan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, let's get this show on the road. Oh, hell. Robert O'Neill. What's up? The man who was inactive due to a scratchy throat. I mean, I was, back. On, I was on half the show still, though. You battled back valiantly last night on the distraction for an all-time great corner three. That's fair. How are you doing now, Bobby? I mean, I think I'm getting sick, but it is what it is, man. Are you blaming that on us? or No, I mean, it just... I don't know what it is. Like, you don't go out, you wear a mask. I haven't gotten a cold in, like, two years, and yeah, just... Like, you wear, you wear a mask? I do, yeah. Hmm. Your Twitter suggested otherwise. But nonetheless, i tell you what was very much on point on Twitter.com was the hype and the buzz for tonight's match. Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielson. Had the vibe of when you wait you know, a whole year round for a big-time motion picture. Those reviews come in. They're looking great. Four stars, five stars. You just want to see it without getting spoilers, right? And it lived up to the hype 
but in a completely different fashion than I expected. Because, of course, the one professional wrestler that's less selfish than Eddie Kingston is Brian Danielson. And in his, the first time this has ever happened in AEW, King took most of the match and just basically beat the shit out of Brian for a good 10 minutes there <laughs> in the middle. It was brutal. It was just dramatic. It was enduring. The audience was with it, even though they just watched one of the best Dynamites ever, literally just before this, which is insane. It tells you how over these guys are. Two of the great pro wrestlers doing great pro wrestling things. What a match. Bob O'Neill, um, even as a bootlicker, this must have popped you. Yeah, it was incredible, man. Uh, you know, what a run Brian's on. Like, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone, but just totally shit. And, you know, we've talked about that at length, too. Just, like, how a lot of people haven't seen him, you know, in this fashion. And I'm glad every week because he said, this is his third match that I just want to go back and rewatch, you know, immediately. My God, we're five minutes in and Joe's cracking cold ones already. <laughs> this is, this I, is my last like show, that. brother. This is my last yeah, show. I like, for the I like that where the... Where the late night grin thing is when Bob talks, it looks like what's yeah. coming out of his mouth. It looks like he's <laughs> talking into night. it. <laughs> of course. Oracle, this strike me as something you would very much enjoy. I think we all enjoyed it, but you and I were the most. We were flying the flag for this needed to be the match. Um, there was a couple of cowards on this show that were like, well, Lance Archer's cool. Um, you know, just complete fucking losers, clearly. But Oracle, it's, it's delivered, right? <laughs> yes. You. Um, man, I said, excuse me, they're not losers. I didn't even care that it was way too late to do it. Every time I get into this, this, this zone where I want to try to be, you know, introspective or or whatever, and you got to fucking post your bits. Anyways, I say this every week, but. I set myself up for that. Yes, God you did. Damn it! Do I like can't see this, but like shoot, and I can see everyone's faces when they're off screen. And Oracle threw his hands up in the air. <laughs> Grotesque. Aren't you glad you're here, Jack? This no. is great stuff. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Go ahead, Oracle. You're, you're clear now. You're clear. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, so like I always say on this show with my third you know my third attempt at this selling is just it's it's hard to achieve in, you know in, in, in the certain way that, that I appreciate it so you know we brought up how somebody like Edge sells and he's like you know you brought up Joe at that ridiculous greatest match ever with Orton, how he was like convulsing in the headlock and like <laughs> that's that's just trying too hard. There's no element of that with Brian and Kingston and especially Kingston, like yeah, you know, everybody's talking about the strikes and whatnot, but just the selling and the way just just like I don't know the way that they you know, particularly Eddie sells offense and sells it throughout the match. And, and 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 as time goes on is i mean it's it's masterful it's it's not it's it's authentic it feels real it feels you know like it it feels like that's how you would actually sell something mm-hmm. or it feels like that's actually how it would be if you were in an actual fight um it's not something that's easy to pull off it's 
got, I mean, it's gotta be incredibly hard to do. Um, because that's, that's one of the hardest, hardest things to believably pull off. But man, I just, I, I can't believe how good that guy is at, 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 the, at that, at, at, at selling. He's just, I'm, I'm a fucking nerd, man. But that's like, to me, that's the number one, um, element of wrestling that, that, that counts in terms of in ring. And that's just, there's nobody better. I mean, there's very few people that could that, that are in their conversation with him right now. Just like even when Brian was like doing like the arm ringer stuff, like he does often, in, you know, early in the matches. You know, Eddie's shaking his arm off and doing it in a believable mm-hmm. way. The way he sells the headbutt exchange, um, you know, with like a spit all over everywhere. It was like, there was a great deal too. Where and this will, I know this will pop Jack and Jeremy especially. Like he, they was doing like the striking exchanges, and Brian threw a low kick, and King turned southpaw because he fucked his knee up for a minute, and he, he couldn't yep. do it, so he went back. Like little things like that, man. It's the authenticity what you said, and in those transitions, it's hard yes. to do transitions in wrestling, but Brian and 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 King are just incredible at it. Like right. when 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 Eddie when they had the early strike exchange and Eddie threw a fucking drop kick, you know what a transition. <laughs> and then they had the you know uh, you know of course the part where he. Where he countered, uh, countered the label lock into the DDT. What a trans! I mean, that rolled. Yeah, they, they, like they, people. I don't know. It's just transitions are so important too in terms of, of in terms of working a match that a lot of people just, you know, don't seem to do well or, or don't seem to time well. But these guys are masters at that too. And it's just, I mean, this was, and I don't know. It's it's tough because. Wait, Brian's had six or seven matches, seven matches, including the solo match, which I haven't seen yet. But I mean, every match he has is just—I mean, it, it delivers in spades. Yeah, this might be my favorite. That Dustin match was awfully good last weekend, but um, I don't know, man. This was just and the fucking Hurricane man, like just a unbelievable collapse sell by Brian, and and the finish was great, and you know. Um, I don't know, man. This was this was some. I'm I'm rambling on at this point, but it it, it had everything that I like uh, in in wrestling, and it was it was about as perfect of a match as as as, as I wanted to get. Uh, big big double thumbs up. See now, here's the thing, folks, and this is why the Oracle of Wrestling is such a valued part of our show. Is on this show you'll see many faces that generally will just say that ruled, you know, we, so that was very good. And the Oracle will bite his tongue and he'll say, it was fine. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> but we have yet to hear until this moment, as far as I know, you could correct me, chat, people on the show. I do not believe we've heard the phrase, about as perfect as <laughs> the rest of the match you can get. It means something when Oracle says that. Now, speaking of people that's, that's opinion carry a lot of weight, Bob O'Neill, yes. you're famous for your sort of <laughs> tempered, pretty good response. Um, you've already responded to this, so I don't actually need to throw it to you. Oh, Jack Crosby, man who's not in the intro. Match fucking rolled, didn't it? <laughs> Man, we say this all the time, but it still blows my goddamn mind. Imagine telling someone in January on national TV, Eddie Kingston is going to go out there. He's going to have a banger of a match with the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. It's going to be awesome. And then five minutes later, he's going to walk backstage <laughs> and talk shit to CM Punk. You go, what the, what the fuck are you on? Huh? And yeah. that actually happened tonight. No, that 
That was that was that was a great professional wrestling match with those two, just top to bottom. I mean, if there are still people out there who think that Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson are the same person, I don't know what to tell you. Stop licking the boots, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're not the same person, just like Moxley and Dean Ambrose aren't the same friggin' person. Um, and I just continually am happy that Eddie Kingston gets to do this shit finally. Absolutely. No, and, and it's worth knowing we do this all the time, but tonight was a great example of it where he's not just in there with Brian, the people kind of want him to win. <laughs> and, and he said, of course, of course, Brian being Brian, he embraced that and like made Kingston like a fucking killer. It was awesome. It's tremendous. Jeremy Lambert, you joined the show uh, quietly there as as the Oracle give this one the double thumbs up. How you doing, pal? Firstly, and then secondly, this fucking rolled, didn't it? I'm well, and yes, it fucking rolled. Who said? I think it was uh, Taz on commentary when they were chanting for for Eddie, and like we we don't hear that in these Danielson matches yeah. thus far. Um, but I thought Oracle did a great job of, of breaking it all down. I do want to mention the finish. Uh, you mentioned Joseph that you know he throws the leg kick and he switches the southpaw. Another kind of MMA thing in the triangle choke. You know, we've seen it a million times. You do the power bomb spot, the yeah. rampage spot, and everything. But like, if you don't generate enough power, enough lift on that, it just makes the choke tighter. Yes, Kingston didn't get enough power, get enough lift on it, so he, in fact, made the choke tighter on himself. And then Danielson kept with the elbows, and he ended up passing out. I fucking love the finish. I, I, thought, I just, I, I thought this is so this is a tiny nitpick, and I wasn't going to go there, but you brought the finish, and I loved it. Rick Knox, I know you're watching the show. Please fucking grab the arm. Yeah, like, do. Like, don't just watch it and be like, ring the bell. Like, grab, like, do the, you know, do yeah. the actual deal. But anyway, that's fine. Whatever. I love the finish too. You're absolutely correct. And Brian wins with another, <laughs> just another new finish. finish. Yeah. Because he's the greatest professional wrestler to ever live. The back um, fist, people, you guys, you guys have mentioned it. And people have mentioned in the chat. That back fist fucking ruled. So oh, yeah. it was all the way he that, caught up with it. That looked brutal. Yeah. The he way just Daniels fell back. Oh. oh, so good. It was fabulous. Shoot. What a damn match. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of hard. Um, after we've gone around five people, everybody's kind of said what I was going to say. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I always try to measure this on Twitter. I don't tweet about wrestling that much anymore anyway. But, like, the Kingston stuff's incredible. And, you know, I've been very honest about the fact that, like, I, I mean, I knew who he was, but this wasn't, this isn't my story. You know, I haven't been a fan of him for 15 years or anything like that. I'd be being a phony if I claimed otherwise, but like, it's easy still to get it. Like to see, you know, I mean, they did a good enough job. If you were just somebody who doesn't follow, you know, the independence at all, sure. they did a good enough story of telling you who Eddie Kingston was when he came into the promotion that, like seeing him in the ring with with Brian Danielson, who's main evented you know two WrestleManias and is former WWE champion and is is unquestionably a big star, um, and like the crowd was more with him than Brian, like that's a moment, man. Like, yeah. Um, and I, I tweeted about it, but like I said, I always try to measure that because I know I have friends who will call me on that fairly. You know, I don't want to pretend that I'm like this Eddie Kingston expert and like. You know, I've been waiting forever for this moment, but um, it's still just like I bring it up all like the guy's just like a figurehead in a national wrestling promotion. Like 
it honestly doesn't make it all it, it makes all the sense in the world and yet it makes no sense at all <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely like, um, and yeah they go right from brian to punk um you know we've used this phrase so many times but like i hope we get some meat on that bone like don't just announce the match like let's let's go to war a little bit here um next we what do we got we got two shows based that's all we got right we got no we got four we got four four yeah, two, two, two rampages, two rampages. Two dynamites. Need, okay so yeah we got some time to one big segment head to head the yes. rest you can fill in with pre-takes. They, right. they can do that easily. Right. You just need one head-to-head promo segment, which they don't do often, but you have to do it in this case. It's Punk yes. and Kingston. You have to. Yes. Yes, it's wild. They, you know what that give me vibes was like? It felt like one of those great Saturday night main event angles where the match continued in to set up something else. It really had that. And listen, I don't usually do the WWF historical references, but that did. that's what this kind of feeling it gave me. They don't usually do stuff like that where it overlaps that way. It was really beautifully done. Of course, Punk and Kingston are going to pull it off when it gets to talking shit. I mean, they were, they they just managed it again. Natural, cool authentic. Uh, Ruby being the one to to try yes. to calm Eddie down. That's per- like that's just the little shit that's like that they always get right. Bob, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. If you're not feeling well, pal, you can go. We got we got six people here. I don't want you to be ill. Seriously. No, I'm all right. You like you can have a heart attack. You're all right, seriously. Yes, I'm good. I'm watching poor Bob and he's he's breathing. He looks like he's struggling. I, I don't. If you feel bad at any point, leave. We've got enough people to get us home. It'll be good. I'm only here for this booking thing. Where uh, I, but, I, look, you'll have to leave too if Bob leaves. I understand <laughs> that. But what I'm saying is, is that I don't want Bob to actually t- tweet tomorrow. I'm feeling ill or some shit because he did a four hour podcast with us dumb dumbs. It's fine. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving him an out because Bob's very polite and he always stays. Um, yeah, fucking. Here's the deal, guys. Chat. Here's the- <laughs> Bob got Bob got like ten vaccines. All right, calm down. Yeah. That's why Bob wears the mask because it's mandated by the state because he's not vaccinated. It is Halloween. Um, King and Mox versus Brian and Punk is on the table. Yes. And it oh, could be the route, the way we actually get to Punk and Brian as a team, which is what Punk wants to do. Clearly. Yeah, that would be what kind a of fun, huh? Oh, don't even go there with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's outrageous. It was so well done. Um, I'm really intrigued by this Mox Brian match. Okay, let's go around the horn here. I'm intrigued. Where is everyone out on this? Who is winning the world title eliminator tournament, Jeremy? I've said I've said Mox because I think they're doing Mox and Hangman at Winter is Coming, assuming they they keep that brand for December. Okay. Bob O'Neill? Yeah, I just think with how they've been building up Mox, uh, he's probably going to be the guy here. Jack Crosby? It's a tough one, but with the way they're really pushing this this more vicious side of Moxley, I'd put my money on him. My God, that was like shoot analysis. That was incredible. You, you could do that on one of those countdown shows they do, Jack. You should try and get one of those gigs. Shoot. Who's winning Mox. this tournament? Mox? Wow. Oracle, are we clean sweeping this for Jonathan Moxley? Uh, I believe so. I believe uh, Brian Danielson is going to be in a pool of his own blood come November 12th. <laughs> or November 13th. I agree. I'm serious. He's, getting, he's bleeding, dude. I was, I, I was going to say that, too. That's the match where Brian is going to bleed like a son of yes. a bitch. Well, I'm pretty sure Moxley's going to kill Orange Cassidy on Wednesday. Yes. 
He's gonna murder. Where's that sound? Please say that's not my own place here. No, that- my ta- my taquitos are done. I'll be back okay. in a second. <laughs> my taquitos. It was a fire or something. I was terrified. Oh, my air fryer. It was my air right. fryer, guys. This is my last show for Cole. He's not going to burn here. This fucking then- program. Bob looks ill. I'm already worried about getting this thing home. Then I saw a comment about, which was a good point. I saw somewhere in there about how Brian uh, has different finishes to his matches, and they said. Hey, you know, should do one with a small package. I could almost guarantee you with one thousand percent, Brian's going to win the AEW title with a small package. It's it might be a savage steamboat finish. Brian's going to win honest, the AEW title with a small package. I think there's a very, very real chance that's what he beats Moxley with after he after he's in that pool of blood. Because he, he I could see, to me, the way they could do it is like that's what makes Mox truly lose his mind. Yes. Like right now he's yeah, desperate, but you know, and, and, and the thing that's interesting with the Kingston dynamic is King kind of Moxley just made him fight the bad guys. Right. So Moxley becoming a bad guy <laughs> could have a tremendous impact on that as a team, because I could see a world in which Kings are, oh, thank God we can go to this whole shit now and just kick the shit out of guys again. <laughs> I think, uh, I think you're getting Moxley losing his mind after he loses to Hangman Page right. at Winter is yeah. Coming, which is which is a year after he lost the title to Omega. So he's going to see this as like his big redemption story, and then he's just going to lose. And that's when he's going to lose his mind. Beat up Bob O'Neill. Oh, imagine. Can you imagine, imagine? like, we're wa- we're watching Rampage next Friday, <laughs> and, like, they cut to Moxley, like, climbing up to the last row of the arena, and he just beats the shit out of Bob O'Neill. <laughs> That'd rule. Don't even that would rule. How would you sell for Moxley? He'd get color. Coast to coast, brother. <laughs> Bob, some juice. Bob, Bob, would, Bob would lay there and go, well, you get what you get, I suppose. <laughs> Paradigm shift down there the would, stairs. There would, there there would be is. a spot. There'd be a spot where Moxley would punch Bob in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, Bob, you can get a white late night grin shirt on the shop right now. Make sure you wear that when this occurs. Real good color on it. That's true. Oh shit. Good idea. I mean, sure. I guess it is. I um shoot text this, so I feel like I'm not being completely disrespectful when I say I'm about to say. I don't know if I watched the rest of the rampage. It was on. I looked up once in a while. There was sound. Um it, the crowd seemed like they had fun. There was a lot of empty seats from what I could gather. Dave Melson told me that. Um no, in all seriousness, right the match. yeah, like not dunking on Dave. That was like a real take. Yeah, Did you yeah, see yeah. how dark the arena got after that match? No, was, I didn't even notice. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it did. The main event, it was like you. Yeah, I you didn't could notice see it, you know? either. Honestly, I mean, I nice. like now. I like you really watching like, professional wrestling, right. Joseph. <laughs> that I wasn't what Abaddon was doing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't paying like full attention to the last uh, half hour. Of the show, like I, I was like look, kind of looking for. Oh, I heard the arena got empty, but I guess I didn't pay enough attention to notice that the arena got empty. Okay, Sidell and Dante was awesome. It really yeah, was. I, I texted yeah. Joe and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not really paying attention to this." And like as soon as I hit send, like Dante started flying around, and I was immediately back into the match. Um, I came back for the last like five minutes or so, and it was really, really great. Which of course it was, right? It's easiest, safest bet in the in the promotion. Side out and Donnie Martin was really good. Leo losing his mind at ringside was awesome too. He's great, isn't he? Yes, Man, but he was like legitimately popping for some of the stuff Dante was doing. Yeah. Matt Seidel is legit in 
an underrated signing by that company. Yes. Yeah. He's well Matt Seidel yeah. is an MVP for that company. And I mean, I know people kind of realize it, but that dude, he's a, of all the people they've signed and he's, uh, he's underrated. Yeah. I agree completely. He's, he's a great example of the Bobby fish thing where when he was signed, everyone was kind of like, that's fine. I mean, his first, impression wasn't good. his first impression wasn't good. Yeah, that was, well, no, but that's what that shit happens, you know? Right. Just, no, I understand. But like, people, you know saw that, that. But, people saw that and there's like, Oh boy, this is the guy. Yeah, but look, let's be honest. The people that were dunking on it all knew who Matt Seidel was. Yeah. They just were being mean. Um, that was my point. He said it better than I did. <laughs> yeah. That's like, fair. Yeah. Dante was making Leo Rush legitimately like throw his hands up and pop at ringside. Oh, I don't know what the end game is. Well, I mean, kind of know, or how they're getting to the end game. Leo can't wait to get in the ring with that kid. Oh, yeah. yeah it's going to be great. Leo legit can't wait to get oh, in the ring. Oh, he said it. He said it in a bunch of interviews that. He wants to wrestle Dante. Yeah, it'll be awesome too. Hey, Fabe, Leo, Jesus! <laughs> I can respect this business, Oracle. How much did you catch this one, Bowie? So, what did you think of it? Oh, it was great. It was a great match. Uh, Dante Martin's <laughs> probably a top. I mean, honestly, for TV workers, he's he 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 has a really high batting average. Don't you um, almost feel though, like? It doesn't feel like almost unfair to talk about him like that. He's twenty years old. Yeah, it's crazy. It blows my like to, to even like try to put like I, I get what you're doing, Devin. And you're you're not wrong, but then when you remember the kid's twenty years old, you're like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, um, you know, when uh, what, what's the tag team with his brother? Top flight is is yes. Yeah. Is okay, so. When I first saw him, I was like, okay, you know, these guys were, I mean, like, don't be wrong. I was impressed, but I was just like, whatever. Spoiled um, right, yeah. Yeah. But this singles run has really helped him a lot. And, and you know, as as Excalibur does a great job of doing every time, he's, you know, he wishes his brother well. And, and obviously, I hope he comes back fine and stuff. But Dante is like, he's, this, this kid's really good, man. Like, um, I don't know, like. I wonder if a tag team would 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 hurt him, but then again, they they booked their tag team so well. I, right. I think he's I got think, so I many years to. Yeah, yeah. I think no, there's a tag yeah. team title now, ring for them at some mm-hmm. point that will get over. I have a question. I'm intrigued by this. MJF has talked about the four pillars, right? Himself, Darby, Jungle Boy, and Sammy Guevara. I would like you all to tell me where on your personal big board of those four guys. Plus Dante Martin, where does Dante slot in for you guys? So I'll, I'll start with you, Bob. What do you think? Oh man, that's tough because I want to put him over one of them. I just don't know what. Like right. maybe MJF, but like just because Dante's better in the ring, but MJF, you know, has other stuff going for. Him. I don't know, man. Like I'll put him over MJF. Let's just, I'll do that. Because sure. so, uh, the reason I did this was this is not me trying to disparage Dante Martin. But someone on tw- on the timeline was talking about this and was like, he has more upside. And I don't think that's wrong, necessarily. Because as we just said, he's 20 <laughs> and he's doing this. But I, well, the point I was really trying to make with this, and you guys maybe can, you know, give you your own take on it. But like, to me, it shows you how strong that four is. I don't think he's above any of those four. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah, Jack, I what do you I'm... think? No, yeah, no. No? Shoot, you, you said the same? He's fifth. Um, only because I think the other four 
um, their ceiling is safer. They're closer to it. Yeah, yeah his ceiling yeah. is probably as high as a couple of theirs, but there's still mm -hmm. a lot of things that are going to have to go right. Yeah, so this is his generation, right, mm -hmm. in AEW. Garcia, yeah. Moriarty, Utah. Yeah, um, Lee Johnson's in there. there yet, but yeah. Is Dante top of that pack? Yes, right yeah. now anyway. Yeah, him, da him, Danny, Yuta, and then Lee. I'm putting oh, Garcia. Last? I'm putting uh, Garcia over Dante. Yeah, I am too. He gives me Danielson vibes, man. Mm. I still got I got I I'd put Dante first there right now. I they, they, I put him in they, the order that they're listed right there. That's my order for those they four. They put Garcia in the ring with Moxley and, and Punk already. Like they yeah. they know with they know with Garcia. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I look, I think the the point I was trying to get there, and I think as we did it, we kind of realized like we're not lost. It's not lost on us how great this roster is. They're all guys that are still got their peak ahead of them. And like, if they any one of those guys was top of your personal big board, I think it's a, it's a good pick. You know, like Lee Moriarty, Jack had him at the bottom. Lee would probably be like, I don't know, I'd have him near Don eh, for sure. I'd have, argue him above him. It's, they're they're all they're all incredible. That's my point. Yeah, um, but yeah that, was, him. that was a strong match. Uh, from what I saw, I'm going to rewatch it after we do this incredible show. That's going to go 15 hours. Main event, uh, the trick or treat. Was it the trick or treat street fight or just the trick or treat? Trick or treat match, yeah. Abaddon, Britt Baker, DMD. Um, I like they had a sucked. Hang on, Jeremy. We, we don't do that on the late night. Jeremy, I'm wait, sorry. Wait, wait, this wait, finish pissed me off. Okay. That, that's a little aggressive. But look, I think through about six minutes, I was very, very scared. Um, very, very, very scared. I think they kind of willed it into being quite fun. I wouldn't say it was good. That feels like the wrong description for this. Um, but it was, I mean, it was violent in a way that you couldn't look away from it. Brit is kind of nuts, right? She'll do some stuff that, like I did not expect her doing this match. I thought it would be more dumb comedy rather than like her taking thumbtacks and stuff. I do agree with Jeremy that roll up after all that is insane. But, you know, you've got to protect Abaddon, brother. Um, first television match of the year. Shoot, what did you think of this one? Um, when they announced it, I fully expected to hate it. Um, some of the, you know, I mostly avoided spoilers, but we definitely heard that this match wasn't good. I think I saw. That I didn't see times. that. Okay, yeah. I saw that a couple times. I, um, I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it was pretty fun. I Abaddon, Abaddon is not my type of deal. Like it doesn't Shock do anything. Do anything for me i don't do the spooky weird like that doesn't that doesn't pop me at all but it was actually kind of fun like it was just plunder like you said brit's crazy um i didn't like the finish either like a roll up after like she <laughs> she basically no sold a curb stomp through a chair and then just got rolled up for three like um but it was it's one of those things where it exceeded my expectations, so it's hard for me to call it a, a loss. It was fine. I, yeah, so I didn't read that stuff. I'll be honest with you. I just saw it and was like, good yeah, luck. Yeah, I mean, I had the same reaction when they announced it, so yeah. I don't like Abaddon. No no disrespect to her, but wow. it's not for me. I was I, uh, <laughs> Abaddon's not for me, but I think – I mean, the character isn't – the loss to Sheeta – kind of killed it for me because like when they debuted her character and i was like okay i get it 
But this girl's going to have to steamroll. Like, even if they put the title on it, she's going to have to steamroll everybody. We got You got to keep this going. Then she lost to Sheeta. I was kind of like, eh. eh That's the problem right. with these because right, eh. she's. This is the thing, and this is Wyndham comes up in the chat. And this was a thing they actually run into with him. To get these characters over, you have to do what Jake said, and you have to just have, just have them just smash them over. So then the question becomes whether it is worth doing that. And like I think we all agree objectively it's not worth doing that with Abaddon. Her skill set is not a point where you can do that in any kind of responsible fashion. Oh, I don't know, man. No, there was a Vicky was. Guerrero. Yeah. Oh, I'd put Pillman in MDF. That was fine, dude. I'm telling you, it was fine. It just had a tough deal. It followed Brian and uh, Kenny. This was more fun than that, though. If you're gonna compare, if you're gonna compare to Braid, there there was a similar problem too. The title match was too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, too soon. Have you heard he's going to Hollywood? (laughs) He's gonna he's gonna drop a teaser video here in the next 21 minutes. I hope it's him oh. getting out of jail. <laughs> he just can't get out. Yeah. Just, just puppets talking to him in a jail cell. We're never getting Buddy Murphy. <laughs> Brother, he's wrestling Okada in San Jose here in a couple weeks. I, I maintain that the most hilarious outcome of this is he just re-signs with WWE and shows back up like nothing ever happened. <laughs> Please stop threatening me with that. Please yeah. stop threatening me. He's part of the Mysterio family. now. He just oh. walks out with he just walks out with Seth one night like nothing ever happened. Oh, not Seth, but especially not Seth. No, we're not doing that. It's like nothing ever happened. Oracle, you like blood. What do you think of this main <laughs> event? I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> look, you know, when people like try to take spots to tables and it looks like it hurt and it seems like that just that shit pops me, man. Just brutality and shit like that. It just rules. I mean, who cares if it fucking looks good or not? They fucking did a swinging neckbreaker off the apron and the table just fucking didn't break. They tried to just like this table didn't break. Then, then Britt Baker had tax girl all on her back and ass and and fucking they did like a super kick with thumbtacks and they did all these stupid shit on a fucking tape show that apparently the crowd was not even there for it was fun man yeah i enjoyed it i mean it was not great or good or really anything but i actually had a lot of fun watching it tk Um, watching this show baker like is best as like a hardcore wrestler it's funny as shit that's a deal man that's a bag tony khan can sit down and watch this show tomorrow morning every time oracle speaks Oh my god! You've got to be kidding me! Oh. <laughs> All right, listen, I thought Oracle would be in a good mood tonight because of I did not expect the fur- him to just thoroughly enjoy the latest Abaddon adventure here on <laughs> AEW Rampage, but here we are, folks. I think well, no, look, look, Abaddon's terrible, but I mean, you might be <laughs> so close. Why did I give him an extra look? Match was fine. I mean, like, I mean, first, I mean, for example, Ed was terrible. And the Power Black's terrible. They've been in a bunch of good matches. Abaddon, <laughs> <laughs> Edge, Tyler Black. <laughs> the unholy trio. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. That's tremendous. Any final thoughts on Rampage? It's got to be one of their one of their best episodes, just on the first twenty five minutes alone, surely. Yeah, it was really fun. good. Um, I'm excited to see John Silver and Adam Cole next week. 
That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I like both those guys a whole lot. So, JR loves to say uh, Johnny Hungy. <laughs> that's, like, that's like his favorite thing. Is he loves saying. He's the show next week, though. He's not he on might, He might demand he does it just so he can oh, pop himself. Fair. Because he loves saying bye bye, too. Yeah. He should. Yeah. He should call it solo. Could you imagine? I kind of believe that he's one of those old accounts that was like, what happened to Adam Cole and posted the Ghostbusters thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible reveal that would be. Jim Ross released from AW for all account scandal. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be incredible. Okay. Um, that was a, that was a, that was a brief review from us guys. We were so happy. We didn't even have any like nitpicks. We just sat and went, that was great. That was great. Oracle even liked the, the Abaddon deal. Or time be alive. Okay. Now, we have a slight problem. Um, this is my final show here for, for a couple of weeks, so I don't want to get ahead of myself or anything. But <clears throat> we have some things in our format, don't we, guys? But we also have some guests. So I don't want to, like, you know, I don't want to just, just, just take away our format, but I also don't want to leave out the great Jack Crosby. Jeremy's here to do something in particular. How do we think we handle this, guys? Don't all speak at once. <laughs> wow. Jack, Jeremy, <laughs> how interested in y'all are spending seven minutes and 45 seconds watching Raven versus Cass Ayashi? Oh, that sounds fantastic. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. There you go. Wow. What an incredible, what an incredible moment that was. I looked at Shoot and Bob, and they, Bob edged towards his microphone and then went back. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to happen, so I just played it up. <laughs> Tremendous. Okay, how do we? How do you think the best way is doing? Shoot, how easy is it for you to set one of those YouTube things? Well, is it quick? Jack and Jeremy don't have it, so. Oh yeah, it's not quick. Oh, all right, cool. So, is this on the YouTube Oracle of Wrestling? It is. All right. Hey, everyone, head over to YouTube.com. Draven. guys, <laughs> this is a famous, famous T-show about or about watch here. Not one with the, with the highest view count, but it's one for the uh, for the match review, man. Okay, I'm, I'm pulling this up here. A uh, DVD VR staple. Now, before we do this, I would like to get a kind of roundtable just take on Raven. He was quite the fascinating guy historically, very divisive. Lots of the fiend Bray Wyatt in Raven. Post a link in the chat. chat. Okay, my sorry, God. Sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> Jesus. <okay. laughs> he's, taking the, he's taking this so seriously. Oracle, I would like to. I'm, I'm going to guess that Raven did not make your greatest wrestler ever ballot. Uh, he would have in 2002 when I came out to his shitty WWE theme when I was in uh, backyard <laughs> wrestling at nine. <laughs> 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 what a fault that is. <laughs> okay. Right. I posted it in the chat. Are we all ready to watch this this damn thing? So this is gonna be fun, I think. We all ready? No. Let's do it. No, we're not ready. It's the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm ready now. Okay. Bob, you ready? Yep. Jack Crosby? Ready. Jeremy Lambert? Crosby's not even got it pulled up. He's like, he doesn't give a shit. (laughs) It's right here. Okay. (laughs) We're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. Play. 
Thanks, Shane. <laughs> my God. My God, Taz Hayashi's Glacier. Yeah, so this was this was after uh Glacier's uh like sold him or like he he bought so I think the storyline was his, was like Glacier sold his oh, okay. outfit to Ernest Miller and then Ernest and then Saniono like sold the outfit to uh Kaz Hayashi. Sounds incredible. Very, <laughs> That's very well thought out and put together. Hope TK's still watching. Folks. I hope he's still <laughs> yep. watching so he has some stuff for the old elite zone next time out. <laughs> oh, the enigmatic leader of the flock is here, folks. <laughs> when when the, when Kaz first came on screen, I didn't realize that he had like a back plate to whatever his gear was. And I thought like this was a Rikishi type situation. Holy shit, it's chastity. <laughs> Raven, one of the greatest minds in the in wrestling history. That's what everyone says. Yes, yeah. evidence that is fleeting. But we were. Uh... <laughs> no, he, 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 he tried to charge me uh, twenty bucks for an interview once. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, one of the great minds. <laughs> I was like, I'm good, man. That one. This is only a couple right? years ago, too, right? That he tried to charge me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 2019. Wait. Does that mean like if we gave him twenty bucks, he'd come on the grin? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he would hate us. God, he would hate us. Like we just hype the big Raven appearance, and we add him to the screen, and then we all drop off and just leave him with Bob. <laughs> <laughs> we he did a podcast where he refused to talk about wrestling and talk about anything but professional wrestling. <laughs> See him coming on here, and I've been like, "Josh Rampage tonight, pal." <laughs> Raven going, how about them vaccines? Does anybody have the, the sound on to know what he said there? I'm no. sure it's, it's, it's typical Scott Levy. What about me? What about Raven? Yeah, I thought I figured it was, but didn't know. There's some My God. To it. Still to this day, it was weird when I was, whatever, however old I was here, 13, 14. It's just weird to see Raven in a WCW ring. It's interesting, right? Because he did, like, weird. He, there was some good stuff scattered, but they never really got him. Bischoff says himself, I had no understanding of the character. Yeah, it's a famous ah, bomb. That's, oh the, that's the famous bomb of this match. Raven right, just Samoa Joe that shit. He's like, nope. <laughs> that, that fucking hurt. Raven, <laughs> Raven learned how to catch from the NXT performance. I was about to say, is he a trainer there now? <laughs> Meech said, Raven on the grin doing a Bud Matthews watch along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how man. much would he hate that? Yeah, he would hate Bud Math. So is Raven just doing a fucking promo this whole, the whole time he beats the shit out of Kaz Hayashi? Yeah, he's, he's gesturing. I don't think he's actually doing one. Sounds like Scott Hudson's on commentary. Sorry to hear that. Um, <laughs> BPW legend. Still was folding he? chair in action here. Yeah, he was one of our guys. Him and Madden were one of them. Yeah, him, Madden, Adam Lee was our team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> far cry from what Bob and I are going to do on here. Oh, <laughs> it's match rules. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> he just fucking... <laughs> you, I, saw, you, I saw i saw raven at a uh at a 2004 indie show in tennessee 
and uh, he had like no interest in talking to the fans. And so like we were there, and my uncle was like, "What's up, Raven?" And he was like, "Huh," <laughs> and walked by. Really great PR segment this for Raven, huh? <laughs> Burial to every angle. Bob, have you ever interacted with Raven? Uh, no, I have not. You, you ever protested against vaccination with Raven? <laughs> no, can't say I have. No. Oh, yeah. dream, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What rules most of this is the audience is like with it, but they don't really know what's going on. It's tremendous, right? Like they're kind of there. They're kind of into it. I can relate to them. Yeah. The, the shit they're pulling out on a fucking yeah, it's crazy. Know, a Saturday morning or I don't know. Well, I don't remember, like worldwide aired at different times depending on the uh, region, but just some fucking random syndicated show. They're doing shit like this. And it's and what like, makes this match and you can correct me on this oracle because like you know but like. I think what makes his match such a pop is Raven is like famously lazy. Yes. So what happened this day? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. You <laughs> really believed point. in Kazayashi, man. Like this is a sea show match for a guy that was lazy on television, like you know, on imagine, prime time. Can you imagine just him going up there? Just did it again. Jeez. Maybe it's just a rib. Imagine him going up to Bischoff going, I'm going to put over your next star right here, pal. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kaz Ayash is the future, brother. I'm going to make him look like a million bucks. Dude, it rules so much, the story of Bischoff being like, anyone doesn't like it, then walk out and Raven's like, cool, I'm going to wait for that. <laughs> he was great. I will say, when he left WWE, he was very important there for a while. You know, like when he, cause he did the punk stuff in Ring of Honor, he was a top guy for TNA. He was significant there for a Dude, moment. I remember, like, like the build for the Jarrett match was legitimately like big, yeah. and I was totally like, yeah. obviously, as I, you know, already revealed, I was a Raven fan when I was a kid. So, like, I was so stoked for that match. <laughs> Classic and- pin, an all-time pin. <laughs> <laughs> he got up before the three. That's the best. <laughs> He the ref even like hesitated, like, yeah. wait, am I supposed to keep going? <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> but then that Raven Jarrett match, I also remember the Raven Shane Douglas hair versus hair or whatever. Yeah. Um and uh, TNA. I mean the Jarrett match is a pop, it's just the fucking finish where Jeff goes oh, no, like full... fucking shena- the sh- fucking shenanigans and does that kick out. Remember that Jeff Jarrett kick out he just flings his right arm up in the air? It's incredible. <laughs> Shoot, have you not seen this? No, of course I haven't seen it. It's like Raven has him beat and like one, two, and rather than like doing a dramatic kick out where he like swings the shoulder, he just goes, reach, <laughs> reaches up in the sky and stands up and pins him. <laughs> Fucking rules. Double J, brother. There you go. That was that was tremendous fun. Um, these This is a watch-along segment moving forward. I think it's best that we keep it to – I'm not trying to limit anyone. We said, fifth, you know – Sub fifteen minute matches, but that kind of grin is is a is a good play, right? I think fair to say. Yeah, I think so. Now, whose match is it next? Shoot, is it back to you? Yeah, it's back to me. I got a couple weeks to decide. Yeah, so. of course. Um, well, that's one segment off the phone. <laughs> now, do we? How do we do this, guys? What do we do here? Do we? Do we? Because I want to draw up. I feel bad for Jack Crosby. You know, we, we can't draw. Well, I don't want us to. I don't want us to draft and you just sit there and like, you know, you're a spare dick at the wedding. 
Yeah, but I get to make fun of you guys. That's yeah, Jack fair. and I will be uh, analysts right. on your draft. Okay, fine. Do we know whose pick it is first? Because this this is like the fourth. It um, is the Oracle of Wrestling. Oh, God bless. Okay. <laughs> and then me and then Joe and then Bob, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I went first last time. Yeah. It will be. Hang on. Let me try and figure this out. So what are we doing? Managers, commentary team, what? Yeah, man. Any no, non-wrestlers. Shoot, your second. Yeah. That's, yeah, what, that's what he said. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought you said I was second. My bad. Fucking British man. Did you say British man or just <laughs> fucking British man? <laughs> the second one, but either one works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we are drafting today. First, you know, any other on screen personality, commentators, managers, just yeah. fucking authority figures, so, goofballs. So I mean, How rounds is this? Can we? Do do we so like do we do like okay pick your play by play guy or do or do you, do you pick one at a time, one at a time yeah yeah you can put them whatever role you want what's more important to you, so you guys yeah. are drafting your own like federations yeah. yes we've yeah. been doing this for some time Jack and we've drafted 160 wrestlers, <laughs> um, after this we will be trying to figure out how we book these wrestlers. I did not prepare for that at all, by the way. Yeah, it's going to go Jeremy, very poorly. Jeremy, they're going to royally fuck this up. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what Factual. I'm here for. Like, I'm here to – I'm going to pay – I'm going to give my uh, non-existent money to, to the feds here. See who yes, that's true. Money. So here's Crossing the thing. doesn't know about my tag team, though, that's going to change the business. The thing, that's going to pop him huge. Yeah, here's some... the thing. I've already royally fucked it up, so I'm just – Oracle's roster is something else. We have done three polls, and I legitimately think combined percentage for Oracle is around like 25. Yeah. <laughs> and I, well, the only reason I say that is I know he doesn't care. He picked Mikey Whitrick and Crowbar as his third tag team in the tag team yes. round as a, as a pop. Um, so there you go. All right. Cowboy Cock, the Oracle of Wrestling, you're up first in the well, personality we, round. We'll note that I've won. You have. Two of the three so far, I think. <laughs> Bob winning the, the other one, right? Yeah. Okay. In due time, man. In due time. I will be picking my play by play commentator, oh, Bill boy. Mercer. <laughs> I'm assuming they have to be alive. I'm going to go with Excalibur then. My God. You never quite know where the Oracle's going, do you, folks? You never. See, fuck right. that, man. There's enough technology in the world where I could draft Gordon Soley and I'll just fucking, I'll figure, I'll figure something out. Look, fucking Mark Zuckerberg was just on talking about some kind of fucking metaverse or something. I could draft Gordon Soley and make him my commentator somehow. But the, but the thing with Gordon Soley is he has to be deep into like bourbon or something while he's, while he's doing commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, you're up. I'm going to take Stokely Hathaway. Feeling for our audience here. Okay. It's a good pick. We all love Stoke. We all wish we was watching the stuff we've been on television. But none of us are quite that brave. <laughs> I want to remind everyone that Tyler Black's still available as is Charlotte Flair. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the fact that, that Seth didn't even get put into the tag team is an all-time mark. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This feels Charlotte, like it. I've Charlotte been, Flair as an agent would be terrible. a tremendous play. No understanding yes. of placing structure. <laughs> um, 
I feel like I have to take Paulie dangerously. That's what I'm going to do. Me, Paulie. Okay. Well, all right. Um, I will go with Tony Schiavone. You're going to say fuck on television and get you canceled. Maybe he didn't allowed. say fuck. Drew. Maybe he's allowed to on my show. Oh, <laughs> shit. Take all, all my money, O'Neal. <laughs> Take all my money, O'Neal. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch Bob's show. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take Bob's. Wow. Big Bob's battleground. I thought Bob was going to go with Jerry Lawler, to be honest. <laughs> My God. That was incredible. Bob's tweet earlier. That was good. That was, oh, <laughs> I, D- I DM'd him and was just. Why, like, how? I, could, I couldn't me. believe how funny that was. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> what did he think was going to happen? Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, true in some ways, but you move quick, Bob. It has to be said. Anyway, Cowboy Cock, you're back on the clock. My color commentator is Taz. My God, decisive this evening is the is the Coxman. (laughs) Cowboys are good. The Cowboys are great, but my cock isn't. Oh, (laughs) my God. Listen, folks, this is the last week of draft content. We're going to get the most out of this year. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, I'll pretty figure out I'm going to pick. All right. So I got to have my lead announcer. Fair. Um, and I'm going to get dunked on for this, but I don't really care. Um, I am, am still going to take good old J.R. Jim Ross. And I'm going to advise him that he can shit on whatever he wants because that's funny <laughs> as hell. Because um, I haven't been doing a bit for the last like three months where I've just ironically embraced angry old man Jim Ross. And now he like actively yeah. pops me and I think he adds to the show tremendously. Uh, I understand why people don't like him, but... I wanted him. Yeah, I wanted him yeah. too. Um, I need play-by-play guys are like kind of thin, right? I'm going to take one of available. It's not a sexy pick, but I'm going to take Ian Riccoboni because I think he's actually probably the best announcer on the board left. Love Ian. By the way, I think him and Caprice should immediately be signed as the official team for one of the C shows. Yeah. I think that AEW, at the very least, Caprice, I think that they should call Ian yesterday. Yeah. He's good. <clears throat> and as I, I was talking about this, like, I, I think we did it on the air. Like, Jim and Shivani aren't going to be there forever, unfortunately, especially Jim. <laughs> so, like, Ian is the second play-by-play guy. is a really good fit, I think. So. Yeah, per- it's perfect. There you go. Big Bob's Battleground. Yeah, um, just going to round out my commentary team, I think. Uh, you know, don't really like any of the WWE or AEW remaining color commentators, so I'm going to go with uh, Caprice Coleman. You just brought him up. I was going to go with him, and uh, yeah. I mean, How great is our age, Bob? Bob didn't know Caprice Coleman like two weeks ago. No, he's good. So he's taking him the second round. In fairness, he makes an impact on you when you when you first hear Caprice, oh, you'll yeah. remember Caprice. He's, yeah, he's he's tremendous. He is tremendous. It's just it's great that O'Neill didn't know who this man was two weeks ago. Bob, I feel so bad for you. You were just they fucking canceled for your bottom. Yeah. It's a bummer. That. Who's the um, impact announced team? Striker and D'Lo Brown. I think they're going to stay did, on the ball tonight. Oh, did, did, uh, did Joe Coff give Bob his scratchy throat? <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous in many ways. Okay. <laughs> Cowboy Cock. 
Back on the board, pal. Uh, my studio host and interviewer, Renee Paquette. God damn it. Yeah. Good. She probably should have gone higher, if I've been honest. Yeah. It's a very sexist group. Actual. Oracle's doing great this, uh, this genre yeah oracle's winning this one yeah matt matt take the take the girl who mediated the mlw halftime show <laughs> oh, oh please. she's okay don't be mean oh, it's hard be mean to, to alicia she too. seems really nice this not be mean okay shoot you're up i've got no idea um <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple picks, but I don't want to take them yet. Um, I need a color commentator, but I don't really like anyone that's left, which is kind of a problem. Um, <laughs> There's always Percy Watson. Fair. Um, Samoa Joe, an announcer? He's off the boat. Yeah, Samoa uh, Joe's been drafted, unfortunately. Him um, and Chris Daniels are a tag team for my call. One of them is still active. I'm racking my brain right now. Fuck it. I, I don't know, and I'm not going to hold things up. I'm taking uh, Paul Triple H Lebeth. <laughs> <laughs> for to reasons do that what? Will be As your play-by-play? Play? Oh, for reasons that would be revealed Oh, there's going to be some sort of awful oh, boy. here. This is going to be terrible. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to take... Now, I don't know if you know, Jeremy Lambert's on the show tonight. And one thing Jeremy does, he goes through these podcast clips and he, he writes stories and he gets headlines. And, and I need to go out there on the battlefield getting my narrative over. And I also need a color commentator. So I, I need boot lever enthusiast Booker T, baby. Give him to me. I'm done. <laughs> At least at least you know no matter what, he will ride or die for your promotion. Yeah, and and what's very true. I unironically enjoy him as a color commentator. So oh I'm all, I'm I'm with this. <laughs> no, the color commentator is one. Can you thing, make him black his... snow? Yeah, if you make him black snow, that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> he's great on commentary regardless, dude. That's quite <laughs> insane. <laughs> Bob. All right, I'm going to take a manager here. Uh, you know, you already took Paul Heyman, which would have been helpful for me, but uh, I'm going with Arn Anderson. Glock. Yes. Up your thoughts on gun violence? I think it's a problem, man. We should do something about it. Uh, Arn thinks otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Oracle. Not the sky once again. Not sure that's promising or concerning. I don't know. Uh, it's it's a it's a foggy and cloudy night up here. <laughs> Already, <laughs> I can't. All right, let's see. Boy, Arnelio, you're drinking coffee. I am. Yeah. Oh man, poor Bob. <laughs> Remember what you said about that heart attack thing, Joe? <laughs> wow. Fair. Oh, wow, that was stiff. Running an hour into the show here, Jack. <laughs> How many of these are we drafting? I don't think we do many. I'm not going to lie to you. I think probably a couple more. Okay. Boy, this is tough. Indeed. It's not ideal that I don't remember my roster. That probably helped me. 
Yeah, I'm like racing through these things to try to see if someone's available right now. <laughs> Fair. Man. Agreed. You know, this is really hard. He was so decisive early on, too, man. It's too... Well, you know, those are like, you know, those the, those are three great ones, and then you just kind of like, yeah, it's a lot of just folks, right? I'm thinking, like, I don't know, like, I think the manager deal is so, you know, is 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 so thin. Like, I don't even know who I could even get as a manager. Um, it's a couple AEW ones, right? If you like one, it's a different thing. But there's a couple AEW ones. Yeah, Mark Sterling and and uh, Randy and 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 you know. Um. <sighs> you know, I might just go with a like a like a B show commentator, and then Taz can do color with them. Um. Or an ally. Michael Cole. <laughs> I thought about it as a rib. Um, Percy Watson. <sighs> David Otunga. <laughs> I should pick my brother. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, um, uh, oh, God, this is such a weak pick. But I just, I don't know. I think I'm just gonna go with uh, face fuck Tom. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> where is he? What is he doing? Right I now? think he's out the business, isn't he? Yeah, he, he went to do something else, like completely yeah. out of the wrestling business. I think he's probably doing something else. Yeah, I would guess. <laughs> I'd be doing okay. Um, where are we at? Shoot. Okay, so. I've done some quick scanning of the the tag team and singles draft, and I'm 99% sure this guy didn't get drafted, which can tell you how much things change in a couple weeks. Um, I don't think he's ever really done commentary, but I don't care. I'm going to pair him with Jim Ross anyway because the idea is hilarious. Um, So I'm going to have my color commentator be Leo Rush. Leo Rush was drafted. By who? Joseph James Holbert. Put him in a tag team with Shane Taylor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you guys did not draft a Leo Rush and, and didn't change that much, he wasn't probably. doing anything when we did those. No, you're right. <laughs> Look, he didn't go in the in the in the singles wrestler round. We went, we drafted like 150 wrestlers, whatever it was. So you ain't wrong, but I took him. You pop for that pick as well, sure. I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, the son of a bitch. I totally missed that. Well, now I have no idea. <laughs> um. Put Pat Pat McAfee with Jim Ross. Please do that. Yeah, that's actually not the worst idea, but I'm not going to do that. Imagine. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm just going to pop myself now and take Paige Van Zandt. Oh, incredible. What an incredible pivot. (laughs) Maybe she'll be my color commentator. (laughs) Well, try to get Jim out of the business real quick, okay? Um, I'm going to take... I think this is a similar vein to um, God damn it. what Shoot is doing with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I'm going to take The Undertaker. 
<laughs> I'm going to make you wait for what I'm going to do with him. He will open every show. The lights will be out to start every single show. They will come back on with him doing the eyes and a different wrestler every week will hit their finish on him. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay, Bob. All right. Um, are we taking ring announcers too? <laughs> okay. Uh, Tony Trimble. <laughs> <laughs> that is not where I thought that was going. Okay. Oh, I didn't know. Where did you think it was going? I don't know, but not Tony Timmel. <laughs> the only announcer that truly puts me is Fink, and that, you know, it's long gone, unfortunately. But Chimmel's good, sure. Okay. How is he, Tony Chimmel? Where is he? Has anyone seen him as of late? I don't mm. think so. Like he doesn't work for them anymore. Uh, he was a yeah. ring crew for a while, I think, even after he stopped announcing. And yeah, I don't know what he's up to now. Yeah. Did you ever see the old like uh, pre-tape or or, or, or or like the or like the dark uh, SmackDowns like before the show where like it was just Michael Cole and Taz ribbing and making fun yeah. of Tony Chimmel the entire time? I did not see that. That's no. great. <clears throat> those those videos were like posted on like YouTube years ago, and you could watch them. They were funny. Um. Is it my pick? It is your pick. Or uh, people are putting it on the chat, and I think it's a good idea. Uh, I'll have one manager for sure, and that'll be, uh, unless she's been taken, uh, Maria Canellis. She's not she's been taken. Great pick. Thanks, Chad. Great pick. This is where I'm at disadvantage. I have to do this fucking banner. That's what people are suggesting. Shoot, what are you taking? I ain't pick here. We probably need to do what, one more round off of this, maybe. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think I've reached the point where I've just given up. Wow! Wow! Incredible <laughs> developments here. <laughs> so, um, fuck! I don't know, man. Take Paul White. Oh, he's gone. Paul White's yeah, gone. I think I drafted him. Jen Sturger. <laughs> Kathy Kelly, legitimately great pick. This is tough, guys. Sorry to hear that. There's some big names out there, man. I'm... Yeah, but I can't think of any of them. <laughs> 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 kind of a problem right now. <laughs> somebody, somebody's out there that I'm definitely thinking of, and you're probably thinking of them too, Joseph, and I don't <laughs> think they've been taken. Living <laughs> the last um, five picks. We've got Tony Chimmel, Tony Chimmel, Paige Benzant, and Tom Phillips have gone in the last five. <laughs> um, a manager, Crosby. A manager. Yeah, there's a couple big managers, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I got. I mean, I got a manager in my head that I know I'm going to catch shit over, but I think he's fucking awesome. I always did. Oh no. If Jack warns us, he's going to catch shit over that. So that seems bad. Who is it, Jack? Just say it. Yeah, James Mitchell. Oh no, he wouldn't oh, catch no, shit. No, he rules. Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, I like James Mitchell. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you fucking asshole. <laughs> um, how, where did, this is the last round. If you want, yeah. Feels like it should be with the way <laughs> this. Um. God damn it. I pass. <laughs> wow. Oh, come on, you gotta get the no, I can't pass. Um, 
COVID Kayla. You know, there's options. Okay, so so actually, I know who I'm going to pair with Jr. on commentary. Um, I'm going to take Bob O'Neill. Oh, good oh lord! Wait a minute. Does this mean you actually own his promotion? No, he just does commentary. No, he's doing like the cornet, the cornet gig, you know. Oh, fair. He Bob, battleground as he's smoking mountain. I would love to see Bob do commentary. Jim Ross, do, Bob O'Neill on commentary. Can, can we do just like a watch along of like a dynamite or something? But we all put it on mute. We just sit here and Bob commentates the whole show. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it myself though. Like that's not. <laughs> well, you could do it. I have faith that. in you. you yeah. can do it. Okay. All right, I'll do it with you. I legitimately think <laughs> I've like messed up here because I can't believe this guy's on the board. I feel like I'm missing something, which made me concerned. The Donna Conda, Don Callis, right? Oh man, Does no one take you're Don? canceled now. Yeah, that was the one what I was thinking. Of. Wow, Don. man, that's. I don't know if I'm miss. I'm. I'm genuinely <laughs> am concerned that I'm missing something because <laughs> Don's a great color guy and a great manager. Yeah, I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of mad I didn't think of him now. Oh, there you go. 20 and pick. JR just bickering the whole show would have been fun. 20 pick in the final pick. Big Bob's Battleground. Yeah. Um, guess I'll take a uh, backstage interviewer. Uh, I was going to make Tony just run back there and do it, but um, we'll go with Kathy Kelly, who I was thinking of. And Jake brought him up. Jeremy brought him up. So. God bless. Wow, tremendous. I was going to shout out to individuals in the chat now. Look at Bob go. This was the one that surprised me. Tully Blanks. Yeah, Tully. I almost yes. took Tully. The only reason Tully. I took Don over Tully, Jeremy, is because I have the Bucks. Uh, <laughs> Rather yeah, than FTR. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I have the Bucks. I probably didn't need to take a ring announcer, but. Yeah. <laughs> Great, yeah, Tony Chimmel. Yeah. I mean, you took Arn as well. Like, that's true. Arn oh, can manage you. I think you're fine. Yeah. yeah. Look at this lineup here. What a disaster this was. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps the funniest round yet, though. Can't wait to see what shoot has planned for Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Triple H, there, pops me. Yeah, it's tremendous. Triple H. Joseph, you rebounded like the the Booker Taker back to back. The book of taker, just two bootlickers. Strong stuff, God, that's great. Strong stuff. Okay, here we go. Who would like to lead this fantasy book and dance here? And we have two guys here that are not, you know, they haven't got rosters representing. They're going to decide who who we're talking into the building. Would you Would you guys like me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Yeah, that'd be good. I had a feeling you did. Yeah, and see any of you rushing that. All right. Well, like all good professional wrestling promotions, Joe Holden promotions will be will be built around a heel faction. The, Jeremy, I hope you're locked in here because this is big time stuff. Okay, I'm listening. The dangerous alliance of this is going to both pop and upset the confirmed shoot, and it's the only reason I did this. Randy Orton, the Machine Gun, <laughs> Carl Anderson. <laughs> And the great heel tandem of Bob Roode and Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> My God. They are in pursuit of the JHP World Heavyweight title. The champion being Big E, of course. They have made many rivals, such as John Moxley, the Mad King, Eddie Kingston, Cesaro, splinters into many feuds, you know, that whole deal. Um, 
<laughs> that whole deal, you know, we build to a big War Games match, a la Wrestle War 20, 1992, a classic. Not quite the same, though, because we do the deal where the baby faces want Paul Lee in the, in the War Games, right? A classic professional wrestling bit. CM Punk wants in on that deal. He has history of Paul Heyman, doesn't he, Jeremy? does. So you end up with a War Games match of, Oracle, I'm looking at you when I read this, okay? The Dangerous Alliance of, let me remind you one more time, Randall Orton, the Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, Dolph Ziggler, Bob Roode, and Paul E. Dangerously against the Babyface Alliance of Big E, John Moxley, Ed Kingston, CM Punk, Cesaro. My God. The whole build, the whole build is this dynamic where Mox and King doubt CM Punk. And why wouldn't they, right? He's a kind of a piece of shit. He's blocked confirmed shoot on Twitter. Bob's quote tweet dunked him many times over. But the swerve, of course, is that Cesaro turns heel, joining the Dangerous Alliance. We splinter it off. We do shoot this big angle. Everyone, you know, Cesaro's got programs with King, with Moxley, all this great stuff. He can, you can go after Big E, imagine those matches for the world title. Eventually, we build to Punk and Big E, where Punk... He reveals his true colors. He's a piece of shit. But that comes months and months down the line. It's worth noting that before this, uh, he has had a best of 21 series with TV champion Roderick Strong. They've tied every match. Uh, couldn't quite split them. Um, that was controversial on Twitter, as Bob would, would understand. <laughs> we have other programs, such as um, Bob Lashley and Brody King working underneath here. We have Minoru Suzuki and Hiroshi Tanahashi coming out. You know, in and out, guest spots. Jacob Fatu, who is managed by a rotating local wrestler that will always be named Bolt Cower. Not a reference to MLW promoter called Bauer. Um, I feel like you didn't need to explain that, but I did. I did. <laughs> because I didn't see initial pop from Jack and I wanted I wanted to see I wanted to see it. Okay? <laughs> I'm looking at the reactions here. Young Bucks are doing their thing. They have Don Callis by their side, they're the United States tag team champions. Working TV classics with mostly machine guns, the Briscoes, the great Raw team of Damian Priest and Jeff Hardy. Um, obviously, the World Tag Team Champions, it goes without saying, is Freebird Raw of um, the Dirty Dogs and the Machine Gun Carl Anderson, who's also the United, United States champion. Uh, Rhea Ripley in the women's division, which is definitely not the draft that I lost most, obviously. Um, she is Brock Lesnar in 2002. She murders Chris Statlander to become the, the uh, JHP women's champion. She has a violent, bloody brawl just for the Oracle of Wrestling with Thunder Rosa. We do a slow build to Liv Morgan dethroning, dethroning Rhea. You know, big underdog story. That'll be our big pay-per-view at the end of the year. Underneath that, we've got some depth. We've got Dakota Kai as a secondary heel. She can work Ruby, Mia Yim, Ember Moon. And we also have the tag team of Hardcore Country, uh, which is Mickey James and Vanessa Bourne, um, Cowboy Hats. That's job and promotions, guys. Okay, can I go next? I would like. Can we let? Brick, can we just give the guys a chance to comment first? Sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got to let. We got to let breathe a little bit. It's a lot That's of ideas. Just to Jeremy Lambert, your thoughts on what was just offered there from JHP? I really like your main event angle there, Joseph. I mean, war games. War games always pops me. You do big faction stuff. Yep. like that in a war games and then you got it nicely mapped out with the cesaro turn and everything i like the main event angle a lot your underneath stuff is good it's good stuff i like it joseph 
Joe has my vote so far. Factual. <laughs> yeah, Crosby. You can tell I was prepared. I have my notes here in front of me. Your thoughts? It's just, I didn't realize it's also, you really do get off on saying the machine gun car like this. <laughs> like, there, there's, a, there's a glimmer in your eye when you say that. And, like, you'll text it to me or something in a friendly conversation. And I don't think anything of it. But this is the first time I really watched you say it. Yeah. Like, do you tingle and shit? Always, <laughs> I'm drinking Coca-Cola at 4 a.m. Why can't it's just trained now, you know? And it's it's the machine gun can't listen every time. It's just it's a respect thing, Jess. You know, that's all it is. G1 finals, I know you've heard that before. Um <clears throat> You know, if I didn't get Paul Lee, their faction name was gonna be the Triple O, obnoxious, overrated and online. Um that, that didn't <laughs> go through the cracks. We've got Paul Lee instead. I could do Dangerous Alliance, very happy about that. Um confirm shoot. You're up. I don't actually have anything. Oh. <laughs> okay, so again, I didn't prepare at all. What's that? <laughs> Motherfucker's reading from his phone. Yeah, I got my <laughs> roster here. Matt's reading from his notes. I'm literally just booking on the fly here because I don't even remember who I drafted. <laughs> Joseph like sat down today with a pen and and paper and like Week wrote ago. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's like Pat Patterson and Vince back by the pool writing it on the napkins. Yes, exactly. Okay, so I've already thrown plans out from the draft that we did 10 minutes ago. Um, so I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about my build to my first big pay-per-view, which, of course, is at the Cotton Bowl. Um, this is, just to be clear, this is confirmed shoot enterprises. Um so the big stuff we're, we're going into immediately, we'll, we'll make, keep it simple as far as the world championship. We're going to do a tournament um, that will build to my final of uh, Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole. Um, winner to be determined. I'm not giving that away yet. Um, we're going to have a television title, which will be a uh, end up in a fatal four-way ladder match. Um which will include uh, Ricky Starks, Johnny Gargano, uh, Buddy Matthews, and Jonathan Gresham. Um, my big tag team feud going into the first pay-per-view is going to be uh, Kofi and Xavier Woods, The New Day, who I drafted as singles wrestlers, but I've already changed my mind on that. Um, and they'll be working with Santana and Ortiz. Um my big tag team of the American Express, which you'll remember is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and John Cena. Um, <laughs> Love them. They're going to debut the first show, but but what this story here is that um, Cody's partnership with, with Mr. Cena is clearly disingenuous, and he will turn on John before the first pay-per-view, and they will have a bunkhouse brawl. Oh, man. Um, and then my big angle... And this is the important one. This probably made events the show. Um, so my, my my debut show, we've got Jr. and we've got um, we've got Bob O'Neill on commentary, <laughs> and we are hyping a big return to wrestling from a former world champion. Um, and this is the main event of the show. The main event of the show, Bob's in the ring, and he's. Doing the hard sell, um, you know we've got we've got I don't remember how many times he was world champion, but whatever. Um, 
you know, he introduces Paul Triple H Levesque. You know, comes out King of Kings, the whole thing. And Bob starts the interview. And the lights go out. And Judas hits in the arena. And out comes my tag team of Y2MDK. Chris Jericho and Nick Gage. Um, they've got pizza cutters. Nick Gage might have a gun to be determined. <laughs> and they just beat the shit out of Triple H and Bob. <laughs> Does Bob get the pizza cutter? <laughs> Why do they need to beat up a real? So Bob's bleeding, bleeding like a stuck pig. Um, Triple H is laying on top of Bob to protect him. Show ends with, with Jericho and, and Gage holding their pizza cutters high. Um, so Bob gets replaced on commentary by the chairman, Sean Spears, who will be very good at that. Um, and yeah, at the, uh, at the pay-per-view, um, Triple H... You know, Bob's not going to wrestle. I mean, let's be realistic here. Um, so Triple H will need a tag team partner. Um, and I didn't draft this man, but he's a free agent, and I really don't give a shit. I've got unlimited funds. Um, so so I bring in the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Um, and so in the Cotton Bowl... No ring. This just takes place on the field. This is not in the ring. It's, it's Nick Gage and Chris Jericho versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Uh, and Gage and Jericho just beat the shit out of these men. Uh, and I'm not really sure what the finish is yet. I mean, obviously Jericho and Gage are going to win. There's going to be some kind of explosion involved. Um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels will not be seen again in my promotion after the show. Um, and then, you know, that will we'll transition Y2MDK into, into whatever we follow that with, probably some kind of tag team title reign. Um, the other things we'll do on the undercard, Paige Van Zandt is our ring announcer, um, but she will be attacked by Layla Hirsch, leading to a shoot fight at the pay-per-view. And then um, Bailey and Britt Baker will do something for the women's belt. That's my show. <laughs> See, here's the, here's the brilliance to confirm shoot is that he may have just won this thing and he's two most exciting angles involved people that he drafted on a whim in the final round. <laughs> and, the, and one of them included someone he didn't draft at all, which is really the beauty of the, the great confirm shoots mine. Jeremy. How do you react to that? What an incredible showing. Look, the, the Cody Cena angle immediately hooked two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, I'm in on that. I thought you are a little bit mean to O'Neal. I didn't know why you need to. No, that. man, that's that's a huge spot for Bob. Yeah, but like you don't you don't need to get the shit kicked out of him by Chris Jericho. I think O'Neill could beat the shit out of Chris Jericho, honestly. No, no chance in hell. I think your 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 DX match just needs to end in literal death. Like that's where the gun comes in. I feel. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about the gun part. Can <laughs> 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 you just shoot smoke? Like, yeah. It just because at one point in my head, Gage gun was gun. gonna like hold Bob at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Where like Bob just like Jericho just beats the shit out of Triple H with a pizza cutter, and Bob is like screaming at him to stop. And <laughs> <laughs> he's a former world champion. <laughs> I mean, your your top stuff is good. Uh, your your women's division needs work, but as a as a young Tony Khan, I have faith in you that you'll yeah. figure that out. And we'll get that figured out in year three. Yeah, it'll be good. Just I'll I'll have patience with that. No problem. Uh, wow. Outside of being mean to O'Neill, good stuff. There you go. Check Crosby. How do you react to this? This insane. Oh, Crosby this doesn't know the the other hard sell of the Y two MDK thing, oh, which yeah. I forgot to bring up. Jack. The Judas song plays the entire time that they fight. It like never New stops. Jack in ECW. Yeah. The yeah. Born Killers used to play the entire match. Yeah. Crowd just singing along as they beat the shit out of Triple H. <laughs> All right. These are my last comments. I got to go because dad duty calls. Um, wow. How much is your pay-per-view? <laughs> Probably do $34.99. I'll buy three. <laughs> All right. All right. No, I'm just, I don't know. You, you guys know, you guys know me by now. Sometimes my head goes to weird places. And the only thing I could think of is how much I would pay for a triple H Nick gauge match. <laughs> just one-on-one. Wow. And just to hear the conversation backstage before the match between the two. As they're laying it out. Wow. Triple H is giving the old, we're not going to do this. And Gage going, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) All right. Have you guys ever seen the big cotton bowl angle where sunshine comes in on the helicopter? Yeah. Yeah. I've always seen full, but that is tremendous. Is that where you're going with this? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's like. Triple H and Sean are just getting the shit kicked out of him. Here comes a helicopter, and it's Bob O'Neill in like a tactical war vest. If you, if you haven't seen that, can you please, everyone, please like Google? There's probably a GIF of it on Google Image, right? Like, just, and then picture Bob in that scene. Okay, and that was the confirmed shoot. Jack, you need to go. Yeah, I gotta go, guys. I'll okay, see bye, you buddy. Wait, see you buddy. Though Joe's off. Are we mad? Are we still doing shit? Now? Are you still doing this next week? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I'll yeah, they're doing it. I'll probably I'll, confirm I'll probably shoot. Confirm shoot. Now you're gonna plan our date on this show next week. No, you you probably can put me on the the fucking intro. Like you could be a nice person and do that for <laughs> once in your life. Yeah, we'll see. In case you, no, I get these weird things. Like the baby goes to sleep like around rampage time. That's why I've been jumping on lately. Okay. Well, can I call? Can I refer to you as our CBS correspondent in the intro? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm still getting messages from Michigan fans, by the way. Good. Fuck them. CBS CBS let me do one show last week, and I fucking trashed Michigan. And it it spoke to my point of college football fans are a billion times worse than wrestling fans. Yeah. A billion. My God. What a sign off. Oh, they fucking hate me. I am a hater, man. <laughs> All right, fellas. Enjoy yourselves. I'll talk to you later. Yep. Yeah. Bye, buddy. Whoa. That was, that was Crosby's exit right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vehicle coming to pick him up. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, is, is the down to Bob O'Neill and, and the Oracle of Wrestling, which of you guys would like to go next? Oracle, you can go if you want to. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll shoot for this guy. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Let's see. <laughs> so... First off, my heavyweight champion is Babyface Roman Reigns. Not this, you know, not not Hamlet Roman Reigns. Here we go. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's going to have title programs with pretty much anybody, you know, Miro. Um, I, I could totally see him working like a, like a pseudo, you know, I don't know, kind of like a shades of gray who you know uh feud against darby um, i think i'd uh, have him and sheamus in a slugfest bloodbath um roman's gonna be my champion forever so that's uh, you know <laughs> that's fine um eventually uh i think darby will probably win the belt uh I think I think uh, I'll probably uh, build up Andrade to get a title reign as well. Um, so I'm focused on this tag division. Oh my! Oh, oh my God! <laughs> um. Oh God! And I think to really pop myself, the first tag champs are actually going to be the American Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then they'll like be the and then they'll have their first title defense against Alexander Otsuka and Josh Barnett. Oh no! And they'll get fucking decimated and fucking like brawl for all style, fucking like necro butcher getting mad in a match, like violently beat the shit out of them, and then they'll lose. And then that's where the American Wolves will start their their gimmick of being jobbers on like the show. <laughs> oh, or, you know, and 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 one of the things that I'll that I'll that I'll be clear about when agenting the matches is is that Davy Richards is not allowed to, uh, like no sell a German or whatever or anything like that, and that if he does, uh, whoever gets to work the match gets to kick him in the kidney as hard as they can. Um, <laughs> so. That's 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 one thing, um, and then I I and like I'm thinking okay so I got all these tag teams, so on the undercard I'm thinking like, Crowbar and Mikey Whipwreck are like this hardcore un, or like this hardcore undercard tag team, and they work like do you remember that do you remember that shitty thing that they did in WCW, like the uh, the the famous junkyard battle royal, yes. Well, they're gonna have like all their matches are in a junkyard, and so like they just have like fucking shitty hardcore brawls in a junkyard, and like people get hurt like Finley, and like the, 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 let's say they have a match with like Chris Masters and D'Lo Brown, and like D'Lo like fucks his leg up or something on a spot where he gets like slammed to do a dumpster or something. You know, and and, and they they basically that's like an undercard thing that they do. Um, so that's that's like that's like that's like their thing. Um, 
so yeah, there, there'll be like there'll be like weekly junkyard battle royals or like junkyard you know junkyard brawls uh, with with crowbar and and Mikey Whipwreck and and they live there. They're like like <laughs> like you know how like uh, you know how um, if if you're a Walking Dead fan, there's there's the the uh, those people that like lived in the junkyard. I know everybody stopped watching it because the show fell off a cliff, but I'm someone who sees things through, even though it's dog shit. But um, they're the people that like lived in a junkyard. That's basically Mikey Whipwreck and, and Crowbar, and they live there. And so, like oh. every match, like you like you can see like a segment where like uh, I don't know, like Jack Evans and Matt Seidel are like <laughs> going to the junkyard, and like they do like. Some, like, does Jack Evans have his hair cut in your p- promotion? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he okay. does kind of look like me. He is up there. Um, but uh, and like Jack Evans does a double moonsault off of a fucking like pile of debris. Um. So yeah, that's 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 one like little like thing I really want to do. Um. So my for my women's division, I actually really like my women's roster. Um. I think Mako Satomura would be a really good first champion. And it's actually kind of hard who I would because like today I was trying to figure out who I'd want to finally beat her. I think I think the answer is Sasha. Um that's probably the right answer because Sasha I think will be my star woman, but I but I really do like Mako as the first champion. Um like I really want to build up and 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 here I go with my with my shoot stuff again. I really want to build up Nia Jax like and her punch, and like have her like. I I, I want to do like a mini like brawl for all tournament with the women and have Nia Jax win, and then have her like fucking, and then like have like, and then basically actually actually I I just now thought of this, have her do like her like unprofessional shoot shit, and like have like Jordan Grace for their power spots and shit and then build up to a big feud between them as like an undercar women's match and like really, really give it some time. Um, I feel like, you know, eventually Sasha and, and, and Mako would have a big title match and I would have them like 20, 30 minutes, big title match. Sasha wins, classic. Um, I think I really like Sasha and Becky's chemistry together in the ring, so I think I'd have a Sasha-Becky feud. Um you know, I like Becky's promos as the man, but I also like her babyface promos. I don't know, you know, I I, I know Joe prefers her as a, as, as a babyface. I probably do too, but I I do like the man promos. Not so much now, but yeah, in 2018 I did. So I feel like there'd be some good promos from her at least on that end. I probably would never give Sasha Banks the microphone. Um, you know, um, so you know, there's there's stuff there. Uh, like oh man, this rules! Like I could totally have it because like you could have like oh man, now I'm thinking of this women's brawl for all tournament. You could have like fucking uh, Sonya Deville, Nia Jax, Zia Lee, Allison oh, K, Serena Deeb, fucking Mercedes Martinez. That fucking rules, man! I'm absolutely doing that. That fucking sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm absolutely um, doing that. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that'd be it. Like on my on my mid card with the men, like I'd probably have. I feel like, I mean, I I definitely want to do the Reigns, Sheamus, like 
big brawls and then have like a bloodbath. But I, I've been kind of debating who I want to have like as my mid card champ, and I really want like a like a good TV wrestler. I, I thought of Christian. I thought of Sheamus. Um, I think uh, like uh, Penta. I mean, you know, Pen- you know, Penta could be a good, you know, world champ too, and I'd probably have him, have him wrestle. Uh, say eventually when Darby wins the title, I feel like they'd have like a great like bloodbath, Penta and Darby. Mm-hmm. Um, I got all these skilled technicians on my roster, um, so a lot of openers would be like Lee Moriarty versus Tim Thatcher, or Daniel Macabe versus Drew Gulak. Like I would just have like those guys come out and do like wacky shit on the mat and like. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. The Miz would be like my mid card heel ace. He'd cut his promos, it'd be more akin to his 2016 2018 run, which I liked a lot. And he would feud with young and up and comers. I think Miz and Dante would have a fun feud. Um, although I would not, I would not really want Miz trying to catch a Dante Martin dive, but I think that would go poorly. <laughs> um, so that, but uh, yeah, so I mean. I could I could think of uh, I could think of other things. This actually ended up being a little bit more serious than I wanted it to be, um, but I couldn't think of. But I really like my brawl for all and junkyard battle and my junkyard brawls. Uh, I, Question: that's... I I like it a lot. There's one thing I wanted you to touch on that you've yet to, so I need to ask: What, okay. was, what are your creative plans for QT Marshall and Corporate Kane? Oh yeah! Oh great, great, great question. So. <laughs> corporate kane and so like basically like corporate kane is basically like version of like knox county (laughs) that's where i live like knox county mayor kane so like he's like i don't know i i i kind of like the idea of like qt being like a like an annoying thorn in his side and QT like wants to be his tag partner, kind of like you know, like one of those angles where like he yes. wants to like, and like he's like QT is like a big admirer of Kane. It's like his favorite wrestler, and he wants <laughs> and like Kane's like the mayor, and like it's just him and like his and it's like his Knox County mayor office. There's like vignettes of Kane like doing paperwork and like uh, making social media posts about how Basker anti-American and stuff like that. And QT comes in and. Just wants to be wants to be his tag team partner, and wants him to you know wants him to come back to the ring. And QT's got like his like QT has to have some like you know kind of like he has to have like these like random trainees who like don't even have names that just like flock around with him. And like fucking like every time he comes in there, Kane just keeps getting fed up and like choke slams him through his fucking mayor desk and shit. And then eventually they like become a big tag team. Um, but they're, you know, they're kind of like a comedy act, but like, you might give them like a, you know, I mean, you know, they'd squash the America Wolves for sure. Um, <laughs> but, um, you could, you know, you could, you could have them, uh, uh, oh man, imagine them in a fucking junkyard feud with the fucking, yeah. uh, with Mikey and Mikey and Crowbar. Imagine mm-hmm. like Crowbar, like trying, doing all, all those, doing all those elaborate spots in the junkyard, like he was doing on that fucking episode Elevation a few weeks ago. And then, and oh, dude, Crowbar's like a he's he's like a PT in real life, isn't he? Yes. So they could do they could do like another thing too, like like they could do like Vin like when wrestlers get hurt, 
they could they could go to the junkyard and like they could do like vignettes for like crowbar giving physical therapy in the junkyard and the crowbar gimmick. Um, so <laughs> you could do that too. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's I think that's what I would do. I like that yeah. idea with Kane and Kane and QT. I think I would do that with them. I'm, I'm truly glad I asked. Here's, here's another thing: Luke Gallows and Luchasaurus. I said you always have to have a bad bad pairing, like really bad wrestlers on your roster that always help. <laughs> So like they would open shows against like fucking, they they they're gonna open the shows against um, I don't know, you you, you could put them in there against the American uh, Wolves against against Carlito and Savio Vega and like it could be like it could be like an opener of like you know like like I mentioned before like those old like nineteen eighty six openers with fucking Rene Goulet and like um some you know, you know fucking Iron Mike Sharp and they like. And fucking Luke Gallows locks in a abdominal stretch on on Savio Vega for twenty minutes, and the crowd like gets mad and throws beach balls and shit. Like we're we're, we're definitely doing that sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that was incredible, dude. The chat was like bearing this completely, and you totally turned them around by the end of it. You're just popping them all now. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not gonna lie. The moment you mentioned the junkyard stuff and the whip, you said brawl for all early. Yeah, that's you, 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 yeah. you mentioned about the the men's stuff. You said women's brawl for all. As Joseph knows, like that's completely my shit. You just yeah. that's what I want. I want brawl for all stuff. You're gonna do a whole women's tournament brawl Fuck for all, yeah, dude. You have to that's say awful. when he did the lineup. It did sound for you. First of all, first of all, the idea that I would book Nia Jax to win a brawl for all tournament yeah. against some of those women is totally unrealistic. There's no way she would win half these fights. She was raw though. It would be incredible. Like she lands one right hand every time, pulls it out. <laughs> that I, was I, extraordinary. Good I, lord. I'll be, I'll fucking... be constructive here. I'll, I'll keep it. I keep it uh, um, fair, fair and balanced, like, I, like I've done with with shooting Joseph. Main event stuff, a little bit weak, a little bit weak on the main event stuff, but the junkyard stuff, the brawl for all, Kane and QT, and then just having wrestlers doing bad matches, all extremely my shit. I have to say, the chat did said this a million times, but when you really analyze it, that was Russo-esque, wasn't it? Because it was all these kind of cutesy, hilarious angles underneath, but he, Oracle had no interest in booking the main events. And he goes, oh, <laughs> Roman will probably work these guys. Roman did the chat for a while. I, anyway. was waiting, I was waiting for just like, give me give me Hogan mid-90s, like Dungeon and Doom shit. If that's your yeah. main event scene, I'm all in. Imagine <laughs> Roman like walking into the junkyard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all in on it. <laughs> it was incredible. Like the, the main event scene was basically Oracle just being like, "Yeah, they could do these feuds." Anyway, let's get to you know, let's get to the important stuff here. Whip wreck and crowbar, baby. This guy. I mean, I incredible. basically did the same thing, but he went way further than I did. Yes, I yes. just like glossed over everything to get to Jericho and Cage. But listen, bless crowbar and whip wreck. They are not Jericho and Cage. No. <laughs> okay, Bob looks very anxious, and I mean it's partly because he's got very, he's very ill. Bless him. Bob, are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, yep. Yeah, no, hey, you know what everyone loves? Tournaments. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> fucking ghettos here. Here's what we're going to do, all right? We're going to keep it real simple. So we got 20 men on this roster. We're going to take 10 of them. We're going to put them in a round-robin tournament. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, Omega, Brian, Walter, Steen, Brock, 
Daniel Garcia, Shelton Benjamin, Sammy Zayn, Hobbs, and uh, Dustin Rhodes. So, you know, those guys do their thing for three months or whatever, however Some long that 10 person John Robinson is going to be. Yeah, it'll be fine. No, we're fine. <laughs> um, so, the what do we do with the other 10 guys? Those other 10 guys filter into the tag team division, and since they're not in an established tag team, they all get put in a lethal lottery scenario. You know, can you coexist? Same sort of thing. So, and again, you know, they're just going to run a tournament on their side, too. It's just, it's a lot of tournaments, man. Round-robin tournaments, that's the future. Um, And you know what the thing is? We're going to do it with the women, too. We're just going to keep it going. <laughs> it's a good concept. Um, you know, so we got eight or ten women we put in this thing, and then the rest of them fall into another lethal lottery for the women's tag belts, because we have women's tag belts. <laughs> got to be inclusive. Um. And, you know, I know this is on everyone's mind. It is going to be exclusively a promotion that runs theme parks. Um, and I think that's important, too. You know, I think that's a good spot for wrestling. I think, uh, you know, you got it, it, to gotta build it on. You gotta work. Sorry, this just popped me. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the tournament for the main belt is going to end with uh, Kevin Steen going over Brock Lesnar, a match I've wanted to see for quite some time. Probably good luck. Will. Yeah. <laughs> you know. um, and then, you know, the tag one's going to defend with FTR against the Usos. I think that's a safe bet. Give it to FTR. And then, uh, you know, the women's one is interesting because uh, I'm really kind of torn between Bianca and EO. Um, probably go with Bianca to start it. You know, that's why we drafted her first overall, but, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with putting a title on Io Shirai either. So, yeah, that's really kind of our overall concept, just uh, kind of mixing the G1 and Lethal Lottery. Um, you know, as always, if you don't like it, don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never seen anyone approach fantasy booking with such a mathematical mind the way that Bob did. I'm going to take them up a 10. I'm going to filter them into the tag. <laughs> Just filled out every person who's roster in a tournament and said, fuck it, that's, that's three months of pro. I'm going to put my feet up. What an incredible, what an incredible journey that was. Wow. Jeremy, very different vibe there from what we got from the Oracle of Wrestling. Uh, it, it feels a little, feels a little lazy. Real, honestly, like just do tournaments. I, I would like to see your spreadsheets of you know, yeah, you okay, quickly, this JJ says, imagine like old school, right? Big Bob's Battleground, that's their like you know, the logo flash, and it has you get what you get, I suppose. Also, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I mean, have you considered letting it play out? <laughs> I mean, I got three months to let it play out. So yeah, yes, yeah. I guess yeah. It's incredible lie. because he has the theme park as the backdrop, <laughs> but he's just doing like dry pro yeah. wrestling with tournament matches. <laughs> no the angles. theme park thing—it feels like you could just do so much with that, and you're just like, yeah, she can do a bunch of good, cool. Yeah, matches. we'll work it in. I just I want to get the tournaments out of the way first. I think that's really a big focal point. <laughs> it's not a real promotion, Bob. <laughs> What do you mean, get them out of the way? Establish our champions and then uh, go from there. <laughs> we're oh. all going to look. It's inevitable that we would all do tournaments also because we're all new. the fantasy promotions. Of course, we have to crown champions. Yeah, but you're not doing you're not doing G1 tournaments with a lethal lottery. We have to get uh, out of the way. 
That's one of the great bull blinds ever. Bob, I'm sorry that they're burying you like this. No, I, I think it's a good idea. I stand by it. He's very poorly, so I don't judge him on it, but he's tr- objectively I, tremendous. I, I like is. the idea of like 2002 Ring of Honor Ron Robbins, though. God bless. Like, there you go. people or whatever, but I don't know. It is the idea of like just, you know, Dustin Rhodes is wrestling Volta and he's like, his arms are hanging off of him. He's been wrestling this tournament for two months and there's just roller coasters <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> You, you know, Dustin Rhodes is going to be on this thing. A couple of those other guys are like, oh, man, they ain't going to be lasted that long. This seems like happen. the perfect time <laughs> to plug our new show that's coming to the grid. Yes, that's going to be a segment. We need to talk about it. I want to talk about in-depth shit, but go ahead and plug it. Okay. So, so um, you may have seen my tweet. I think that was yesterday. I don't know. It all blurs together. My life. Um where I announced that Bob and I were going to be doing a uh, a TEW series on the grin here weekly. Um, So what we're going to be doing, um, it's probably going to be much closer to what Bob just explained than than what the rest of us did, because we're actually going to be playing this game. We're not going to be doing like booty pro wrestling. That's not a a shot, but that's just not the way we're going to go with it. We're going to actually try to, to play this game, I think. Um, so the concept we've come up with, and I don't, I'm not, I don't want to go too much in depth with it because our first episode is going to be kind of Bob and I really hashing everything out because we're not going to plan this ahead of time. So we'll do it on the air. It's more fun that way. Yeah, nice six-hour um, show. Signing yeah. everything we want. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in 1991, um, <laughs> Gary Hart launched the Texas Wrestling Federation, which failed miserably. Um, I, I actually think the promotion itself might have been in 1990, but this save file we have is 1991. So this is a real promotion that existed after the USWA um, thing pissed everybody off in Texas. So Gary Hart tried to to restart and recapture the magic of world class. Didn't work at all, but we're going to make it work. Um, a couple things we're doing. We've got... Um, Stunning Steve Austin, <laughs> who was actually in this promotion, but um, just to set the stage, where you know the things we're doing to cheat a little bit because we—I we, mean—we we, want to make decent content here. We've got Austin under a written four-year contract, even though we're a territory and we shouldn't have anybody under written contract because he's, you know, he's the staple of our show. Um, Kevin Von Erich is the owner in the game. So we have control of him forever. He's our actual avatar that represents us, so we can do whatever we want with him. Um, we've got Bill Mercer under contract as our announcer, and David Manning as our referee. Um, those are the only guys we have under like that are locked up. Everything else is going to be kind of um, as we go. Bob's learning a lot of this as we speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I only knew the Austin one. Yeah. Um, but the idea is we're not gonna we're not trying to conquer the world. We're literally just gonna try to to conquer Texas. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna book it like a territory. We're not gonna have a ton of guys under contract because then you got to pay them. I turned off the thing where they get mad if you don't use them all the time. Um, Good. So yeah, we're just gonna kind of lay things out. We'll probably do a couple shows a week. Um, I mean, a couple book shows each time we do a show is what i meant there um i don't think we're gonna have like a set schedule it's just gonna kind of be when bob and i feel like doing it 
Um, and it's entirely possible we'll give up on this completely at some point, but um, hopefully we'll be able to entertain you guys and we will be taking you know your input. Um, this isn't going to be like, we're just telling you what we're doing and like, we'll probably ask for ideas and people who, you know, I don't, Bob, I don't know how well versed you are on the 1991 wrestling landscape. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see, you know, a lot of the fun about those games is kind of looking through the people you can sign and just seeing who you want to bring in. So yeah, that's going to be our first episode is kind of building our roster. Um, we may do our first show there. Um, but yeah, we're just going to do a weekly, it'll be one weekly, one hour television show building to our big events, which we'll hash out our schedule for that on the actual show, Bob. Um, we can reveal our big logo that I made because of course I fucking made a logo. Um, I'll just cover everybody up with this now. This is the Texas Wrestling Federation. <laughs> <laughs> Looks very 1990s. That was exactly what I was going for. Yeah, Captured yeah. it. There's other graphics that yeah, we've got. Today. We've got graphics here. If you can't really see it. There's too many people on the screen. Um, yeah, we're very prepared for this. Um, I spent like an hour last night testing how to share um, the game through Streamyard because it's kind of a mess. But I've got it figured out for the most part. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Maybe everyone will hate it. Maybe no one will watch it. Joe's very fired up about it. I think it's going to be his favorite show. I'm actually going to try to be in the chat when this is on. Yeah. I mean, you can come on the show if you want. No, I want to. It's the same that pops me about the idea of no one else. Like, everyone else is like, I don't want to watch the Texas rest, and I'm the only guy in the chat. Like, come on, Bob. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The cynic would say, only the cynic, not me, but the cynic would say that this is, you could not have picked. A scenario less suited to our friend Robert O'Neill, <laughs> the cynic would say. But you know, Bob seems ready to go. So who might who might to, to doubt it? You know, that's what makes it more fun. Yeah. Um, you know, basically just going to be me powering through everything Bob suggests and doing whatever I want. Um, <laughs> it's not actually what I'm going to do, but I think it'll be fun. Like, there's some people. I know there's a couple people out there. Um, we can get uh, Booker T and Stevie Ray. So, yeah, yeah, there'll be enough there to pop Bob. We'll we'll have some fun. That's fair. Uh, Oracle, how do you think this is going to go for our friends, the confirmed shoot and Robert O'Neill? <clears throat> Someone who will be a non-viewer because <clears throat> my bank doesn't seem to like Patreon. I'll um, send you the links. <laughs> <laughs> and demand uh, feedback. <laughs> I I I think it will probably be tough at first because you you know you're trying to get everything sorted out and stuff. First couple episodes will probably be a little uh a little shaky. Um but once you get things going, I think I think you guys will probably do a pretty good job. I think I think you guys will at least get through like a year or two or or, or at least or at least close to a year before you well, yeah, if you're only doing a couple yeah. of those, let's okay, let say six months. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how long it takes us, too. That's the big thing. Um, so, how, so, what are you doing? Like an hour of TV? Yeah, an hour of TV. Okay. Okay. Um, and then probably. Are you probably 16 or, or 20? 16. I don't have oh, 20. Gotcha. Um, so, it'll be. Uh, 
like I, what I picture in my head, um, we're gonna play the game for real. Like we're actually gonna try to to draw and like yeah, be successful. Yeah. But like actually booking the shows, we'll kind of talk through. You know, like in this in the game, we'll probably just put like an interview segment, but we'll actually Absolutely. talk That's about what it's it. gonna be. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to waste my time like typing it into the game. <laughs> right, yeah. right. That's, yeah. that's exactly the way to do it. It's just the game is really the vehicle. It's the visual to go with us yeah. doing what we just did here, basically. Yes. Right. Yes. Now, the one thing that always pop. This is getting really nerdy now, guys. You've watched two hours. If you're bored, feel free. Okay, we're getting deep in the. What's really interesting in 1991 is kind of the transition into like modern TV times in terms of wrestling, anyway. But. When you do like 80s promotions or territories, more traditional territories, I find it's really difficult to capture the balance of what a booker was actually doing then. Yeah. Because obviously this was a time where the TV was merely a promotion, like a direct promotion for the events. So sometimes I've concluded, and this is, this is really kind of, um, like when I would do Crockett promotions, I was never sure whether it was better or more accurate to do the TV and then you just do like the couple pay-per-views like they had and you kind of invent that they had more pay-per-views than they had, you know? Right. Or you do touring and your TV is just highlights of those and you book the actual like loops. Yeah. Did you think that? Because I don't think that would be best for your concept because you're a brand new promotion. You'll probably have more fun booking the TV, but that is, that's something that I've kicked around before. What do you think? That's probably the more realistic way to do it. That's part of the, part of what I feel like the sweet spot of doing 91 is, is we can kind mm -hmm. of do a mix. Like I want to, um, and Bob and I are going to talk about this. So I, this is, this is a discussion we're actually going to have how, what, what our concept is, but it's probably going to be something like squash matches where we get our stars on TV and then have a, you know, a big main event, um, we're just got to play with it and see what draws. And, and I mean, that's literally how we're going to play the game is, you know, if, if, if right. we're not doing well and we're not drawing and we're, our popularity is not increasing, then we got to change it up. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted, that's why I turned off some of the stuff that we'd get punished for. Um, because that's not how I, you know, I don't feel that that stuff's accurate. Um, for that time. So 24. Yeah. Sorry, basically. 24. There you go. God, yeah, it's interesting though, right? I always forget that, that you're only 24 years old. Incredible mind for this right. business. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jeremy. What's your? You've booked. You did like a late 80s save once, right? Uh, mid started in '85. Yeah, and I played right. all the way to like '91. So how oh, did God. you? Yeah. Did you just do it like? Because sometimes on those old mods, they'll do the thing where it's like, imagine you have the big four, and you know, how did that? Because how did that work? I I filled in, so you kind of have television at, at least in '85 because there was like, I don't know if it was superstars, but there was a weekly right. television show. Yeah. Um, and like you get punished in that game because we ran into it a little bit in Booty Pro is like, you get punished if you don't have a pay per view every single month. Like you yeah. lose money if you don't have a pay per view every month. So I was not gonna do like big four stuff. I I just set up the monthly pay per views and. I went from there and I ran, I, I ran it like a weekly TV show. I didn't do like touring, anything like that. There, I think there is a way to do that and be sort of successful. The problem I've with that is like, when I try to do like new Japan saves, I just, 
I can't do it. I I, yeah. I feel like I fail miserably at it, and I just I'm sure there's a way to do it, but because I'm so used to just doing like television style stuff, I I don't put in enough effort to try to do like the the touring style stuff. It's hard because look, I love studio wrestling, but like for the most part, touring highlights is what that TV was. It just was done via squash matches. The guys that work in the tours, right? Yeah. Like, the the, the only place that really big. mastered studio wrestling was Memphis. Like, I mean, nothing. I mean, look, Mid South had great studio. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, Mid South and Crockett had great, but like, Memphis was like, I always feel like their their whole thing was like based on the studio stuff. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what I gathered from it. Um, and that's what's interesting about. I mean, I'm not. We're not just trying to revive world class. That's not my idea. But world class was never really studio wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like they actually did weekly. I, I don't know if you'd quite call it episodic television, but it's pretty close. Yeah, because they, they also went to a place in Fort Worth, right? They went to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. They had that's that was kind of rough when we were doing our world class thing on on Twitter. Is like we could the Fort Worth shows aren't on there, um, so you only yeah, had yeah, half the product. Yeah, there were some yeah. great matches from Fort yeah. Worth. But yeah, so that that's the like we're gonna run the sportatorium every show. Um, if we get big enough, you know, we'll try like Reunion Arena, or God forbid, we can run the Cotton Bowl. But um, <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah, twenty twenty five in the game, Bud Matt's come through. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, look, I Bob, I don't know how you usually do in these things. My I usually like I lose focus, which I think is part of the. Uh, the point of this concept for me is like if you guys in the chat actually follow along and I look, I don't know how many of you are going to give a shit. And if none of you do, that's fine. But if a few of you actually fall like that'll actually keep me interested in what we're doing. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one I'm doing now, I've managed to get through like a year and a half, but a lot of it is just, it's one TV show week. And uh, it's like, I, I set up the storylines and do the auto booker and then just tweak it from there. Cause I don't want to do like the TV times and all that. I just want that all set up for me. Is this your TNA save? Yeah, yeah. Total nonstop action. There's, I mean, there's a real chance that we'll end up doing like each month on every show. I just don't know how long it's going to take us. Yeah, I don't want to rush through booking the shows, so no, I I don't want to do a four-hour show every week for this. No, if you have one, you know, sixty-minute show every week, like in the game, it's not going to be too bad. Yeah, we can motor through those because that's probably two or three or four matches and an angle. Yeah. Bob's absolutely correct. The best if you want to get into TW, you do an hour of TV a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, my new game is uh, we have free television shows a week. Um, my God, one is a Saturday morning show on Nickelodeon. You're under the Viacom CBS banner. One is an extreme program on Showtime. Um, every week, I legitimately sit there and ponder who is best suited to the Saturday morning program. Usually, it's Ricochet. Someone else that I've assumed, well, shouldn't get too deep into that. But yeah, wow, that was incredible. That was a great tweet. That was a bummer. <laughs> Heartbreaking. I'm sorry that I brought that up. Because he, yeah, he did the same shit to me. He's like, your promotion's not big enough. Like, Thanks, Dick. We signed Edge. Edge thinks we're big enough. That's going to happen to us a lot in this save, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to have to be guys that you know get good that aren't actually there. Like, they'll be good in the game because the mod maker knows, but they won't be over as what will be, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah like, well, that's the cool thing is I, because I've played a little bit with this sim, this file. I haven't made it. I mean, I've only made it. I think the longest I've done is three months. Um, but like, if you look at Austin's ratings, he's not incredible. 
but he's right. his potential. He's like if you look in the actual editor, he's got like excellent potential. So like we know if we do well with him, he's going to get better. And the reality of it is, when we get to the end of his contract, he's one hundred percent going to leave. If we make it, if we ever make it that far, mm-hmm. um, and then that's when we got to either pivot or that'll be the end of the series. But um, that's we've got four point. years to build yeah. the whole thing around yeah. stunning Steve Austin. So I have um, I have a fun um, question here that can pivot into a wider wrestling conversation for the twenty five of the thirty one people left that don't care about TEW. Um, this is a fun one though. This is this is overlap. Okay, sometimes when I'm thinking of a game I want to do. I'm like, I don't want to do something that's tied to the modern day because stuff changes too quick and then I lose interest. Yeah. And like, so for example, if I'd have started this game a week ago, Ring of Honor closes down effectively and it's like, I want Gresham, you know, that'll do. But I kind of want to book with a modern talent. So I've been playing around with this idea of taking a group of modern wrestlers, not a big group, like a, a core roster to an era, a hot era of professional wrestling. Okay. So let's imagine you were taking modern professional wrestlers back to 1986, for example. I would like us as a family, chat, you're involved in this too, to try and figure out who would actually do that in like a way that's authentic. Because look, we love a lot of these professionals now. Not many of them <laughs> would be able to slot in as top guys or for relevant guys in 1986. And it isn't about cheating and doing guys that would do moves that would blow them away. It's more about guys that would fit and it could kind of work, you know? So I'm intrigued. Jeremy Lambert, if I throw it to you initially, um, what name immediately comes to mind? Orton. Orton's a great one, right? Yeah. Orton's a guy that size you don't have to worry about. Look is obviously impeccable. His matches would probably be more at home in 1986 than, yeah. <laughs> than they are now. Yeah. Promos there, especially nowadays. That's a great, great choice. Um, slightly awkward family situation. I'd probably just ignore that for the sake of my grin. But, <laughs> I don't know. Bob, anyone come to mind? I mean, like we've we've done these before, and like Brock comes to mind. I think he'd be good there, but I also don't know what you would necessarily do with him. Send him to do all Japan tours with Stan Hansen for the, yeah. the tag league. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, because I think a guy like Danielson, I know he's smaller, but I think he'd still work there. Like, yeah, he would be different though, man. Would yeah, be no, he would be. He would be. Um, yeah, I mean. See, I guess you could take like a lot of the the hard hitting guys today and just like, oh yeah, they can just go to Japan. That'd be fine. Like yeah, I'm obviously yeah. thinking yeah. like no, you, Bob, just say Sting. Well, yeah, Sting too. Obviously. Good job. Oracle. I'm intrigued on your take on this. Guys of today that you could take back in a time machine and build a territory around in nineteen eighty six, around that era. Hmm. Well, Depends on where. God I bless. Bring a lot. I, I think I think you could brought. I think you could bring a lot of people to Memphis. Um, you know, you couldn't bring Johnny Gargano to Bill Watts. There's no way. They <laughs> um, would kick the shit out of him. Um, <laughs> Just beat him up. There's zero chance. Um, I mean, Eddie Kingston would be great in Memphis. Kingston's. I think Kingston and Moxley are ones you can kind of pencil in immediately, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure, uh, I think they'd both do well in Crockett. Um, I think they both would probably do well in in in, uh, in Watts as well. I think I think Watts would probably pop for him. Yeah, um, they would kill in world class. Yeah, yeah, they would absolutely. They'd be fucking cowboys in New York. 
<laughs> yes, yes, that's also true. Um, yeah, I think Punk would would excel in some places and not so much in others. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke is would be his biggest challenge, right? Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Although, although the tattoo look, I think, I think there's some promoters might pop for that mm-hmm. and would want to use him. Um, you know, a place that I think Punk would actually excel in would be like Portland. Um, cause he's such a unique guy and I, and I think they, they had some unique wrestlers out there that they would use. Um, cause he's so similar to Piper in a lot of ways and Piper, you know, that was his original stomping grounds is Portland. Um, I think, uh, I think he would work in Memphis. I, I think any guy, anybody can cut a promo would work in Memphis. That might not be a main eventer, but I mean, you gotta remember Jerry Lawler was yeah. you know, five foot nine or something or whatever. I mean, he wasn't. Along with the big guy, and look at Bill Dundee, even shorter. Um, you know, so that was that was never really God, imagine was never really a thing in in Memphis. Um, now a lot of these a lot of these guys would struggle in in New York because you know, uh, Dr. Zahorian was you know, you know, up out there in the out there in the hallways. Um, but uh. Imagine Bill Watts watching the Lily stuff, bro. <laughs> Incredible. It's it's fascinating to me because there are some guys like it's such a natural fit, but there are guys that are better than them, like a Brian Danielson, who I think we all agree is probably the best wrestler in the world, maybe the best wrestler ever. I really struggle to see him in any of these spots. Yeah. Here's the thing. I can see Danielson working in like as like this is going to sound an insult to him, but I, this is how I think they would probably use him. Although I think he could, there could be spots maybe a little bit higher, but I could see him being like the world's best Sam Houston. Yeah. In terms of like, and they, you know, they, that Crockett would throw him in like TV title matches. I, I tried to get Sam Houston over in my 85 save, and like that shit just <laughs> never took, man. He could team with the bullet. Uh, the chat has got Southeastern, a lot of these guys would, would, would definitely get over there. Hangman's um, came up. What do you guys? Yeah, think I was, think? Hangman was one I would have mentioned. Hangman yep. kind of reminds me of uh, of Magnum TA. There's definitely something to that. Yes. So yeah, I, th- I think he. I think he'd probably. I think he'd probably work. Hobbs is interesting. I saw Lashley up here. Um, Dax. The thing with and this. Listen, I love these guys. FTR is weird because like their bit is that they are like derivative of those teams. Which makes it like because they would be uh, this sounds dumb, but they would be in the era as the Midnight Express and as Arn and Oli, you know. Yeah. And I, I love them, and their match catalog is every bit worthy of that. Like I'm not saying it's an insult, but it would be different, right? If every other team was more, you know, they were similar to them rather than them being this outlier. Um, doesn't mean they couldn't work. Butcher and the Blade, I think, would be a home run. Absolutely. Cody. Someone said Cody. Cody, yeah, is. Cody's a good one. Christian and Crockett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's tremendous. Him is like slotting him in as steamboat pops me. Yeah. QT, um, QT, QT is Paul Jones. Brody Lee's a great one. Yeah, Brody yeah. Lee's. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. War, War dog. I don't think he'd be a top guy like some people assume he would, but he would definitely make money. <laughs> he's only like four foot, right? Yeah, yeah he's short. 
Put him in Memphis, so though, man. Short. I almost didn't rule when he came out in elevation. Paul I was like, you seen Wardlow? He's really got himself in good shape. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he just met Wardlow? What's going on here? It was bizarre. He seemed like he was like a big fat guy before. It was strange. <laughs> Brody King's good. Yeah. Okay, so. Shoot, Matt Hardy. You know, yeah, of course. Big money, Matt. Goes oh, same. you know, Miro. Oh, he would have made so much money. He yeah. would have been like he, he would have been like the world's best Russian. He'd been like he'd he'd been he would like, have gone uh, through every he would have come into every territory, kicked everyone's ass, lost the top what? baby face and gone. Uh, imagine imagine him like in fucking like uh Uncle Ivan and shit and then fucking tag team <laughs> feeding with the rock and roll express. That fucking rule. Look, and, and not- look I you know, Wrong. I'm not I'm not big on um I like Nikita, okay, but um, you know, uh, what's his name? Crusher Krushev. I know his name. He was the golfer on WCWC shows. Oh yeah, Barry Darso. I, I'm not. I'm not yeah. a Barry Darso fan. Um, oh, Repo Man. Yeah, yeah it was Repo, Repo Man. Of, fucking ruled. Yeah, Repo There's a lot of, there's a lot of easier roll. references there than that one. I really appreciate the the golfer on the scene. <laughs> Wrong would have been big money, right? Guys, yeah. Yeah. You had a couple blood buffs. Braun would have been a guy, Vince. Vince, love, Vince would have used Braun like, like he did with Big John Studd or like King Kong Bundy. Right. Am, I, am I being unfair to Kevin Owens? I don't know. I think that's mm. could have been a problem. Yeah. KO, I don't think would have would have done well anywhere. Um, I say that though, but I'm, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know that. Um, Serious I'm question. I'm just thinking about the 80s and the look. Like, the, like, again, I think he'd probably do okay in Memphis, but Memphis was not a place for... God, that rolled. Boy, Did you see that, Joe? Joe said Shelton would have been a top territory guy with a manager. Yeah, no, absolutely. Him as a well, Shelton. hold on, though. I put this on the screen. Yeah. And Bob just did this most satisfied head knob nod I've ever seen from him. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Shelton Benjamin, man. Got fucking rules. He's the best. Good question. Why does Eddie Kingston in the 80s make more sense to me than Kevin Owens? Because neither guy is body beautiful. Eddie has the... He's more believable as a fighter. He is. He's more believable. And I think his promo style... I yeah fits in the eighties a lot more like in terms of like I just I agree yeah it, it I'm, fits. I'm with all this by like the the one thing I'll come back to is like I think if you let Kevin Owens run wild the way King is allowed to run wild in AEW yeah, that's it's fair. a different yeah it work is different for Owens. Right? that's one fair thing yes. especially Oracle's probably yeah. back to is like what makes Kevin Owens so incredible is. He's this big guy that can have the modern match, right? Where he right. can do the, the crazy swanton bomb and he can take the ladder. King is easier to imagine because, like, he can wrestle. He could easily wrestle in that time. Right. <laughs> His style isn't in, like, so, yeah, I think that's pretty part of it. But I agree with you that when, let's be honest, when Kevin gets there, he's going to open some eyes real quick and yeah. I think it's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be a Sean Spears would have been world champion in the AWA. God. Why? <laughs> What an incredible the way you delivered that with such just confidence and grace. <laughs> I'm right. That's why I said it. There's yeah, there's a lot of wrestlers. Have you I, I've talked about this before, but this fascinates me. Dax Harwood 
he will die on the on the hill that Wesley Blake is this generation's Bobby Egan. And so all of us that have watched Bobby Egan and feel like we've never seen Wesley Blake wrestle, even though he was in the World Wrestling Federation for seven years, it's like, what the fuck is it? But then you actually think about what Bobby was as a talent. And he was brilliant. We all love Bobby Egan. But he is a great example of how wrestling is kind of, like it's lost. The idea that you could take a guy that has the flaws Bobby had, that had the brilliant talent he had in ring, and you could surround him with the pieces that would, would highlight his strengths. That's just kind of gone now, right? Like there's guys that leave WWE that can do everything but one thing, and, and the audience just goes, yeah, but you can't. Like we're at, we're at a point where Ricochet can't go on TV because he can't talk. Yeah. Like, if you would have got that in yesteryear, they would, have, they would have found a way to get Ricochet on TV, you know? It just is interesting. It's like, and I'm not, I'm not saying Wesley Blake's Bobby, and I, Frank, no, again, I've only seen him have like two matches of any length. I don't know. But there is there is definitely something to the idea that nowadays, WWE especially, spends their whole time looking for five tall players rather than just thinking, like, how can we make the most of this individual? Which in the territory... They're, they're, they're always looking for the perfect... They're always looking for the perfect... Yes. Yeah. yeah, but we always talk about it with Buddy. Like, Buddy's not a great promo. We're not saying he should be world champion. We're saying, how did you not make him like a top mid card champ who has great matches every pay per view, every TV? Like, they don't do that stuff anymore. It feels like, right? Strange. Ricochet is really. It's been a fun to be reminded that you can run a, a wrestling promotion where you make like thirty five people seem important. Yeah. Yeah. Like pretty yeah. much. The majority of the roster feels important on some level. It really stands out when you look at Brian and Moxley as the tournament final, and it's like, who's the who has, has Moxley ever been beat clean in AEW? No, no. <laughs> we are we are literally over two years into his. You know, he's been there since day one. So, well, I think it says a lot that like we're. All five of us are, are fucking dorks. I mean, there's no question about that. Actually. But, like, we can watch the sea shows and just watch these guys beat jobbers, and, and it works on us. Let alone, like, yeah. It's just, like, it's uh, not that – it's really not that hard. There's a good 86 guy. As much as he does the flips, there's a level of chaos to Lance Archer that would have got over huge. Like when he runs at the crowd and shit, that's Brody, right? That's Bruce Brody yeah. shit. Yeah, Lance did beat him. Lance didn't pin him, though, right? One by count out. No, you can't. Yeah, good call though. Lance, he did beat. I mean, him he still well. beat him clean, but yeah, good call. That was such a big deal for Lance because he gave him like a, he extended his credibility. You know. Yeah. Works huge on Papa Holder. Works on Come it on. works on Adrian. Couldn't believe the idea when it, when we were talking about the punk Bob Fish thing, and I, was, I suggested that maybe they're not going to wrestle like fifteen times. <laughs> like, he was like, "What's what's Bobby Fish going to do?" <laughs> Fair question. He's going to go away and work like the YouTube shows. He's like, why? I was like, well, I think Punk's going to do like a big program with a main event guy. He's like, who's bigger than Bobby Fish? I was like, (laughs) it works different on people that ain't in that bubble, man. I'm with Papa Holbert on all of this, man. Yeah, fair. Yeah, it's been suggested to me that Bobby Fish actually went into business for himself. So if so, I should go fuck <laughs> myself because I'd actively defend him on the air, I'm pretty sure, on Wednesday. So. Yeah, you were like, I think they're going to do the Fish is the new pay-per-view program. Cause, so. man, it's Eddie Kingston. <laughs> God bless. Wait, really? That's like the thing? Yeah, there's, oh, that's not a scoop. That's what people are talking about online. Then the couple DM me and was like, is this true? And I was like, I don't know. Okay. 
For that, if that is true, if that is true, man, God bless Bobby Fish. Comes into the territory, works every top guy, and leaves in shame <laughs> after one month. That would, I mean, honestly, I would respect the hell out of it. Yes, yeah, I mean, it'd be very dumb. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that would be on yeah, brand. Who cares? It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, factual. not my money. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. I got. Uh, I'm gonna take off. I have a big interview at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Who with? No, oh, it's not. It's fine. Bret Hart. Bret Hart, man. I told you once. Like, once I'm interviewing Bret Hart. Now nah, I'm interviewing the guy. He does headlocked comics. Has heard about this thing? He they they collect road stories and turn into comics. Like AJ Styles has contributed to stuff. A bunch of other people, but like actual wrestling. Penta. Uh, Tremendous, tremendous road stories with Penta, I'm sure. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I get that tomorrow. Shoot. I'll see you next Saturday, buddy. Hell yeah, man. Did <laughs> you get tickets already? Yes. Okay. I've had tickets. Dude, you never told me this. <laughs> I told you that this was going to happen, and I got tickets, and I didn't mention it again because I said it, and I was like, all right, it's a done deal. And so I didn't <laughs> feel the need to mention it again. Yeah. <laughs> You said I'm gonna I'm gonna check with with her tomorrow and I'll get back to you and then I never heard from you again. I thought I got back to you. I'm terrible at answering DMs. I don't I don't know. God yes, bless. I have tickets. We're going. Uh, I'll I'll maybe DM you and we'll be in touch of when we'll actually get there. Yeah. We'll set everything up. My God, Bob was like, "Fuck this! Yeah. I'm out of here." O'Neill's very mad that next weekend, you know, this is supposed to be the big. This is supposed to be the big get together, and fucking Tony Khan's a coward and yeah, it's a bummer. Wouldn't, run, wouldn't run against Canelo and MSG. Instead, Jeremy and I are going to go watch hockey and then go eat pot That's roast great. at Tip Top. Yeah, I'm excited. Wow. All right, you guys, Joseph, when am I going to see you again, Joseph? Never. Sometime, pal. Sometime. Sometime. He signed with the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. We're never going to see The next time we see him, we'll be on the bump. <laughs> Someone actually took that touring thing. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to dunk on him because they might have patron. God bless you. But someone actually thought I was gonna like do the loop with him. <laughs> uh, Joseph, enjoy your your break from everything. Enjoy Thanks, your bro. Vacation, uh, and I'll see other people. Oracle, come on one of our distraction channels. You're you're the best person on this show. I, Thank I you. My yeah, God, I no, well, I agree with that. I agree with that. Put this promotion around Crowbar and Mark Hewitt Brick. God, I'm I'm I'll gonna no show this hockey one of these days. Now. I work I don't work late hours, but I don't get off till like six most days. So. I mean, we got our own stupid channel now. Like we can just run run shit whenever we want. You come talk about F9 with us. <laughs> oh fuck, we are are we is that what we're doing? No, don't. We don't this have to. Shit. Shoot, have you heard this? No, I don't know. <laughs> this. We used to review wrestling movies, wrestler movies, right? Like these terrible WWE Studios films. And Jeremy's like, this resurrected it, and Bob and I are gonna do it next week. <laughs> and the film they got is F9, not like some dumb like just a, just a sh- fast, you know the new Fast and Furious fast flick? Nine. We've oh, seen yeah, it. Yeah, great. Those are great flicks. Yeah, but you, you don't want to review that. Everyone's reviewed that. You want to review some obscure thing that Tape Machines is the only person in the world to watch. Yeah, that's probably fair. We got to figure something out. So, I mean, Monday, I, I don't know what the, the, the schedule is. Monday, the 5 o'clock show, I'm actually doing with Andrew Thompson uh, on Monday. He would shop when I'm gone, the fucking coward. Yeah. <laughs> 
Tuesday we're still doing ROH and it's it's me, O'Neill, and Jensen. Boy, that'll be depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave the memories alone the whole time. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Uh Wednesday. Is that when you want to do the review thing, O'Neill? Wednesday? Um possibly. Yeah, that would probably okay. be the best day if we do it like before Dynamite. Yeah. We're yeah, doing I, a Dynamite post show Wednesday, by the way. Yeah, that'd be fine. For, as part of shoot week on the grin. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and by the way, folks, uh, just a reminder, Friday's next Friday show is called G for Grandetta. G for Grandetta. I've got plans for Don't worry about it. Jesus. <laughs> okay. I want to get into this shoot week situation, but first, this excuse, Jeremy. Jeremy, right. you guys have a good buddy. night. Yep. Oracle, by the way, he's, he's getting all my money for his uh, promotion. He, he gets... It's all Filth. all the yeah. time for you to leave. <laughs> no respect. Yeah. Hi guys. Hi Jeremy. And I can unveil the the hot new graphic that's not much different than the old graphic. Oh boy. Can't wait. So last week, guys, we found out we discovered that that our friend Joe does not actually enjoy being called Joseph. <laughs> what about Joey? <laughs> no worse. Go with Joseph oh. instead of Joey. <laughs> So I, uh, I was watch. I watched like a clip of our show to get a clip, and I noticed that the graphics said Joseph on it, and I felt bad. So I've made us a new graphic that's not that much different. Here we go. Fair. Okay, I was really expecting some sort of swerve there. I'm glad it wasn't one. No, that was sincere shit. I I made I made the grin logo a little bit bigger. Yep. I've got the fancy name plates that kind of, you know, overlap into our windows a little bit. I'm really proud of this one. I think I did. I think this is a big upgrade from the last one. It looks good. It's really good. Um, but Bob, it pops me every time Joe calls you Bobby. Do you like yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, it kind of is what it is, man. Like, uh, <laughs> you get what you get. Do you go by Rob or Bob in your normal life? It's usually Rob, but my family still does like Bobby because my dad is Bob too. So like you know, got to differentiate. Wait, Papa O'Neill calls you Bobby. Yeah, no, he oh. doesn't usually. Oh, okay. Because that, yeah, this is a good question, Joe. Can we call you J Man? <laughs> yeah, okay. You can call me J Man. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, guys want to say that? Then... Thing, like, you know, over the last what would you say, Bob? It's been like two years now. Yeah. That we've become pretty decent friends, I would say. I've called him Rob the whole time until I until I started coming on these shows, and now he's Bob. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> in my defense, when I'm throwing a topic at, at someone on the show, I'm just trying to find ways to make it fun for the audience while they wait for the actual content. So it's funnier if I say Bobby, what are your thoughts, and if I just say Robert O'Neill, what are your thoughts? You know? <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do Jay, but. They said that at um, the exact same time. Jay Bird. I like that. I've also been accused of being the NXT UK booker, which is interesting. Um, my, shows usually get, my shows usually get more live views than this. <laughs> Do you guys know that in one week of our channel existing, we just already was out viewing the wrestling programs <laughs> that take place? That good. was good. Fuck them. Anyway, um, shoot week is coming up. And I would like to give you guys, you spoke about a little bit there, like I wanna I wanna flesh this out a little bit and figure out what's gonna see what the TW deal, right? Yeah, which I think Bob and I are gonna do on Thursday. 
Yes. Um, Heads head with a distraction. That would be a night. That would be funny. That would be incredible, man. <laughs> no, not head to head. That was a terrible idea. That would be incredible. Just be like you and me in here booking shows with one and person I'm in, watching. I'm in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's funny about this whole thing? Um, so you you're gone starting like after this show, right? Yeah. And when are you back? I'm back on Thursday, the 11th November. Okay. So what's hilarious about this is that I work Sunday and Tuesday, and then I'm off work, and I go back to work on Friday the 12th. So that's kind of why this shoot week thing is also happening, is I've got yeah. nine days off with nothing to do. Um <laughs> So maybe she's a good coincidence or a bad one. Like if it was good that you could just do what you want and like you don't even have to worry about my limitations. What I thought that is my <laughs> stream yeah. limitations. I don't know, it sounds fun. I think it I think it was more like it is funny that I came up with like this idea with Bob coinciding with this when I could have done this the whole time. Or at least until you gave me access to this to the stream yard. Mm-hmm. It just never crossed my mind to to do anything without you until I didn't have a choice. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, for I don't know what all we're doing yet. I know we're gonna we will do a dynamite post show. Yeah. Um, my my in in all seriousness, we're you know you know I could make tons of jokes on here, but like you guys pay for this content. I do. I will say that I would be very surprised if the grin next Friday is as long as it normally is. Um. I'm not saying we're going to be out of here in 45 minutes or anything because Bob won't even be here till the second hour, but <laughs> that'd be great though. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it? You're gone. That was like, you I think was that Joe I picked to do that bit. Yes. yes where did. Bob and I were going to announce shows and just come on here for five minutes and then leave. <laughs> it would rule though if you left on the late night group, but you left the stream coming so that Bob can come into an audience. So like people just sit and wait for Bob and he gets here on his own. <laughs> he just does his little quick rampage review and everyone goes home. Be tremendous. But yeah, so anyway, what we're doing, um, so next Wednesday, we'll do a Dynamite review. Thursday, Bob and I will will launch our Texas Wrestling Federation. Um, Head to head with a distraction. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll do it. We'll, we'll have to talk to, I don't, I assume there's probably not a post show next week since Jeremy's taking yeah. the distraction off too. So maybe we'll kind of um, use that as our lead in. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bob and I will hash that out. Friday we'll do the grin. Um, I can tell you that it sounds like Jack's coming. Devin will be there, of course. Bob will join us in the second hour. Uh, Adrian's going to join us for the rampage review. She'll probably leave as soon as that's over because she's not going to give a shit about whatever else we talk about. Um, Sunday at six p.m., uh, Bob and I are going to lead a watch along of um, '90s Japanese women's wrestling. We've got that pretty much hashed out. We need another match or two. Uh, Devin, obviously you're invited to that, but I know football's on, so I don't know when the Cowboys play that Sunday. And They play at 1 p.m. Okay. So, so if you feel like joining us, obviously you're more than welcome. I think um, our pal contrarian Alex is going to join us for that. Um, for I'm the five people that, that watched the uh, the Bud Matt Power Hour number two. Um that's not locked in yet, but I know he's highly fired up about the idea of me watching two hours of, of early 90s Japanese women's wrestling. We are going to be watching um, Bonacano and Aja Kong in a 
uh, chain link cage match. That's good. Um, let me look what else we got. I can tell you here. I think I captured it. Um, we're going to watch. I'm going to botch these names, but um, we're going to watch a, a no rope electrifying barbed wire match between Combat Toyota and Megumi Kudo. Oh, that's a very famous match. Very, yeah. very, very famous match. There's a or tag match with uh, Manami. Go ahead. Or we, you would you would help this show tremendously, I feel. Right? Or yeah. if it was on the guide, you're good. Because yeah. otherwise, it's just going to be me and Bob going, oh, shit, and like pumping our fists and <laughs> what stuff. What time is this next Sunday? <laughs> uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Next Sunday? Yeah, not this upcoming one. The okay, one yeah. after. But yeah, 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 yeah. Because the Cowboys are playing on a, a Sunday Night Football this Sunday on Halloween. But they're but they're playing 1 p.m. against the Broncos next Sunday. So okay, yeah, because we'll be we uh, the Titans and Chiefs is the Monday as the Sunday night game next okay. week. So we'll be uh we'll be out of here in time for that. Because I think Bob and I both want to watch that game. Yes, that that'll be a good one. Titans are playing better. So so the goal the goal is between we will if we go over a little bit two hours that's fine. But we'll be out of here within like two twenty, um, so we can go watch football. Yeah, um, we had uh our friend Reese. Suggested a match, um, which was a little bit later 90s, uh, depending on where we stand with everything that may make the cut. Um, if we get other stuff that won't make the cut, no disrespect, Reese, whenever you listen to the audio of this, God bless you for doing that. Um, but but we want, we're trying to keep it in the, the early 90s format. And so far, um, we I don't believe we have anybody that's in two of the matches, so that's cool. Um, thank you guys for that. It'll be a learning experience. Those have been like my favorite matches of those two Grinalongs we did. So I'm like actually fired up about this idea. Um, that's the only stuff we have locked in. Who knows what else may pop up? Big yeah. fan of you saying the only stuff. Like it's like one show. Yeah. <laughs> Not almost yeah. daily content. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking about it when yeah. you were uh, yeah. listing it out there. Like we don't have a ton of free days. Yeah. I just it's thought, it, yeah, we have shows scheduled for Wednesday, Thursday, it, Friday, and Sunday. Never mind. Yeah. We're doing good. It rules so much that Bob's just penciled in for all of these, as yes. as his tradition, right? That's the way it works for Bob. You're already Dude, this was like Bob DM me and was like, "Hey, well, I'll do whatever you want to do. Like, what are we doing?" My God, okay. yeah, fair. Yeah, Bob's but, taking a real leadership role here, man. That's what yeah. makes it even funnier that I'm calling Shoot Week. Um, well, because next weekend in particular, like it's just me and the dogs the whole weekend, and then yeah, we Bears both have the weekend off because we thought we were going yeah, on Monday night football. So it's like I don't have anything to do Sunday in particular. So yeah, also I'm not missing a show ever again. Fair, clearly. You should feel okay, pal. Yeah, I'm all right. Oh, uh, I this 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 might be. Um, I'm taking one week off. But I, probably one we 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 may all take off the Friday of Thanksgiving. I'm not even going to be at my parents or anything. I'm just going to take that. I'm just going to take that Friday off. That's fair. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'll be here. But yeah, if we don't want to do a show that week, I don't. I've got. Oh, uh, we'll probably do a show, Bob. Okay. Black I don't know Friday, what yeah, so I, Joe, I, do Jody, you guys even do Thanksgiving over there? <laughs> Hell no. What day is this? Nine end of November. Twenty sixth. Friday, 26th. November twenty sixth. Yeah, twenty sixth. Yeah, we'll be yeah, no. Yeah, Bob, we'll be here because I'll be yeah. talking shit, man. That'll that, oh, yeah. that'll be my that'll be my uh, that'll be my vacation from the grin. Uh, I'll be I'll be on the grin for the rest of the year. Yeah, I've got one in early. I've got like the first Friday in January. I won't be here. So <laughs> this show is just for going to explain to the audience when yes. we won't be on the show. Yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. I I agree with all of that. I agree. 
So, Joe, I saw your eyes kind of light up when I said I'd be talking shit on that show. Yeah. Um, that is the night before the Michigan Ohio State football game. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be that'll be a fun time for Bob. And we'll bet if it, and if Ohio State loses, I'll just never come on here again. Common. <laughs> I would like to say that if you DM me today, uh, the graphic of Cesaro versus Volta, you can go fuck yourself. I'm not seeing that match. I'm instead <laughs> seeing Reg, you know Reggie versus John Morrison. John Morrison, I laughed oh, so hard. I that rules. Becky Lynch like, versus Bianca Belair versus yeah. Dewdrop. Here's sure. guys. We have this update. Um, Tope Suicida won't be here the 24th through the 31st. I assume that's of November. So put that in the calendar. Um, you know, that was mean. I want to tell you about it. I actually like Piper a lot. Uh, just it po- Dewdrop being in that match felt so bizarre to me. I couldn't – like, am I missing something, Paul? Are they, doing, are they on TV in the same program? No, but, you know, she's from over there, so. Oh, great. Yeah, man, come on now. Right, that's how it works. Um, Joe, who are, yeah, who are your picks in tomorrow's uh, Michigan-Michigan State and Penn State-Ohio State game? Well, it feels like Michigan State has got to be better than just mere Michigan. Um, fuck. Penn State is like some sort of scandalous thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Ohio State. There we go. Wow. You you heard it here first. You can bank on it, folks. Yeah. Michigan State and oh Ohio State. All right. Oh, God bless. Please do this. <laughs> and when you when you do it, like explain it to the bookie. <laughs> yeah, we will. We're not actually going to do football talk shows besides the USFL show. That's one hundred percent going to happen. I just realized this because I was interested in. I totally. I mean, obviously, Matt would hate Michigan because it's Michigan. But like, John Cooper was like one and twelve against Michigan. You, yeah, had a man, childhood, bud. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that was like my high school, middle school years. Like when y'all had like Eddie George, they cost y'all like national titles and shit. More than once, yes. Thank you for bringing that up, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Bob, you've been exposed here as not having great knowledge of of Great Britain. My God, JJ's going to rampage in full year. Actual, hell yeah. God bless. It's gonna be an incredible show. Should we do that's some full cool gear talk? That's that's a that's that's a neat that's a neat city to go to. Guys, can we? Um, yes, I'll have to talk to JJ. I know he's gonna say no to this, but I'm still gonna do it just to pop myself. Um, if we we get him to come on here, but he doesn't have a camera, and we just put like a graphic. Remember, like when Lee Marshall would be on Nitro. <laughs> Nitro view phone. <laughs> <laughs> like JJ and he, he calls in. Find a way to fit in Weasel. Remember, he would yeah. always find a way to fit in Weasel. Yes. This card, full gear. Moxley and Brian, Hangman and Kenny, FTR and the Lucha Bros, MJF and Darby, King and Punk, Britt and Tyconti. The Young Bucks versus Dress Express. Or like maybe a trios with Christian and Cole, but it, like, it seems like they're going to be separate. That already. Yeah, it seems like they're going to be separate, right? I'm like, it's never going to be all out. All out's unique. It's a one-off in recent history. Bell or Bell, this thing's going to be an absolute masterpiece. I can't wait. Sheeter and Deep Free could work too, yeah. God, yeah. what a card. I think, I think there's a decent chance they top all out Match wise, I mean, again, I don't think they're going to top all out in significance. What do you, possible. What do you think? What's your early prediction for match of the night on that card? 
Danielson Moxley. Bob. Um. Yeah, it's probably Danielson Moxley. The Oracle of Wrestling. Danielson Moxley, but I want to point out that <clears throat> I don't want to sound negative because I'm not being negative. I'm being trying to be complex with this, but I don't know. That's lame. Hangman and Kitty's going to get seven stars from Dave. And people are going to call it six and seven stars. And I'm just going to say, hey, the right person went over. They did the right thing. Hopefully, right? Probably. Um, and I'm going to think it's like a three and three quarter star match. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. You maybe don't I think, know that. I think. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I know. Because I, 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 I think part of the problem is we, we, we draw conclusions. Yeah, we all do. I do. Dave certainly does. Yes, indeed. Um, so you know, you know, before it happens, but I will say that I'm prepared to think that way. But I probably should. I mean, I'm coming. I promise, I'm coming in with an open mind. Um, but yes, Mox and Danielson's going to be, going to be. You know, the 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 thing with Kenny and and, and Hangman is the finish, how it's done, the moment. That's that's what matters to me. The match itself. The finish, is, seems, you know, the finish seems obvious to me, but I think I think Paige kicks out of the one winged angel. Yes. yes, they're gonna. By the time that match gets rolling, though, you're gonna just be living and dying every near fall. Yeah. You just know, exactly. it, and that's because that's the brilliance of those guys. I have a different pick. I think FTR and Lucha Bros. Um, yeah, I didn't. Incredible. I didn't love their match last year. In fact, I didn't like it. That little deal they did on TV when they were the fucking frogs. Yeah. Once they took the masks off. And watching FTR recently, it just feels like they're back, like fully back. This gives me, and I, look, I'm assuming it's going to get 20 to 25. This feels like we're going to get takeover FTR. All of their big pay-per-view matches thus far in AEW were in front of an almost empty building at Daly's Place. Yeah, You're going to have a packed house against the Lucha Bros. I think you're going to get an absolute epic. I really believe that, and you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm putting too big expectations on. Call. I think I, it's uh, going to be incredible. I um I don't, and I know you don't actually think this either, but like, they were never as bad as people started to act like they were. No, no they there's definitely been, and it kind of coincides with when Cash got hurt. Yeah, and I doubt that that's a coincidence. Um. Cause you know, that'll change your whole mindset real fast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. They've been, they've been at a different level. No, no doubt. Um, I don't want it. Page and Omega is going to, there, there is a chance actually, if, if they hit everything at full gear, there's a chance that they top all out. Agreed. Because, because Paige winning that belt is a two year build. And let's be clear. Like we're, I said it before, and I, I mean, obviously I was exaggerating, but, like, Paige not winning here is a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. it will change my um, overall outlook of the promotion a little bit. Um, I, I, think, I think I speak the same for Joe. Um, one, one of the, the greatest things about AEW is, like, the level of optimism we have about the product, and it'll kill it a little bit. I want to be clear that I'm not really that worried about that happening, but... Just saying, if it did, that would be really bad. Um, I agree. But yeah, Paige winning 
Um, I think the match will be tremendous. I mean, we already know the two have they have good chemistry together. The full year match last year was great. As a booker, if you tell that story, there is not a wrestler in the world I would more trust to deliver the match the audience wants than Omega. Yeah, I agree. And it might not be the match that Oracle loves. And honestly, I'm being sincere about it. Probably mm-hmm. won't be my favorite match of the night. I think Kenny's great, but like, you know, taste, right? Like, I think I could see myself enjoying King and Punk the most, and he gets three and three quarters from Dave. Um, it's just uh, different shit, but um, I'm loving the chat burying me because I was uh, I was uh, took a took an early critique of, of, of Kenny and Hangman, so they brought up that I booked junkyards. Yes, it's Bobby. fair. <laughs> it's fair. But look, I, I I think it's gonna be great. But the point is. Kenny is so good at giving the match that the, the audience will want. It's going to be the epic there, therefore. I couldn't trust any. He's the perfect guy to put in that role. So it's going to be I, great. Yeah, my my immediate instinct goes to to Moxley and Brian because I think they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Um, and it's a weird thing because I like I can't even say that's like my favorite style of wrestling. But there's something about Danielson doing it that's different. Um, probably just because you know he's just a really good professional wrestler. Um, he's special, yeah. He can, do yeah. It. That King match tonight was, and I, I actually, I think the Moxley match will be better. Um, so this was going to be my pop, and you guys know I love John Moxley. I think there is a chance that Moxley is Brian's worst match of the tournament. It's possible. And I'm not doing a bit. <laughs> It's possible. I think. Look, there's elements of Moxley where he's overrated in the ring, um, yes. but I think Brian will know exactly how to work with him to do exactly what needs to be done. Um, He'll be very good for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I, the first two matches were tremendous, so it's, I guess that's really not that right. crazy of a prediction. But here's the thing: here's the thing. we we know it's going to be a physical match. Yeah. And I know I keep harping this because I'm fucking vampire. As I say it every week, but <laughs> and I, this is the problem, with me. And this is this is where we as fans get caught up into it, right? We see the match we want to see, and then when we don't get it, we we get disappointed instead of looking at the match we got. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've tried to get I'll a lot do that. I'm so guilty that. of that because of the way I look at wrestling. Um, I think we're all guilty of that for sure. Um, but I do really want to see. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I, I I have to remind myself to look at what we get for the match itself. Um, I really, really want to see like this vicious, violent Moxley and Danielson just bleeding everywhere. That's just that's what I want to see. Are we gonna get it? Maybe. Um, I could totally see us not getting it. Um, that that's you know, there's there's gonna be a street fight on that show. You know, there's gonna be other shit on that show that they can have blood in. Um. I just, but again, regardless, I, it's 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 going to be it's going to be a very good match. It is, and I say all this is like I love Moxley, but like to me, he doesn't do physicality in a non-gimmick sense nearly as good as King does. Now, in a in a weaponry environment where it's like you know you're doing brawling through, the, he's better at that than Eddie by far. I don't mm. like when Eddie does those matches; I never have. But like. I don't think you're going to get the raw brutality that you got tonight when Eddie was just chopping Brian. Like, I don't think you're a person in They may get color in there and then it might change everything because it could easily. That's what that's, you know, that's the point of it. But I don't know. And, and look, I say this as 
if you ask me which match I'm most excited for, I'm going to say Mox and Brian. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying in like a match quality sense, which, you know, who cares? But there you Bob, go. here's a hypothetical for you. Yep. So we're in the middle of full gear. And like they throw the graphic up for, for the inner circle street fight. And then they hard cut to Mall of America. At that point, do you tweet Fed Dead? Yes. Fair. <gasps> I can just picture like Bob literally like audibly gasping when they cut to Mall of America and just like pumping his fist. <laughs> I mean, no. it's not going to happen. But no, we- that would rule though. Just like fucking um, Jericho throwing Dan Lambert off that fucking balcony. <laughs> the escalator. <laughs> yeah, that would roll. Oh, man, I can't wait. Yeah, Full Gear is going to be incredible. The last two pay-per-views they've done, legit my two favorite person pay-per-views ever. <laughs> and that, again, not me even like, I'm not, yeah. you guys know, I'm not a guy that remembers the pay-per-views. Like, this happened at Backlash. I just know that yeah, when I finished when I finished double or nothing, it was like complete joy because that whole environment of them being back in front of a full crowd, that was incredible. Yep. And then all that, I mean, that speaks for itself. We won't have to deal with that. I fucking went 85 miles an hour driving back to my house to come on here and talk about it. So and I'm totally going to do that again. I'm going to break kayfabe here about Bray Wyatt. I honestly don't care. i I think there's a very good chance that if he had like a goofy vignette, I'd pop. Um, I have tremendous faith in the promotion that they will just turn guys that I have no... Like, when they signed Matt Hardy, bro, I was like, oh my God, Matt Hardy? I hate that broken shit. And he's like, he pops me tremendously now, you know? I I kind of... I will actually let it play out legitimately. <laughs> you didn't care about Malachi Black? You didn't yeah. care about Adam Cole? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I... The... I'm in a position where we live in a society. Yeah. If I, if they sign him, I'm going to get fucking my friends tweeting me because I've just spent like the last, you know, five years bitching about him. Um, But it's entirely likely that, that I won't have much of a problem with him in AW. I I still hope I, uh, they don't, it doesn't happen, but if it happens, we'll let it play out. Uh, there's definitely a role where he would be successful in AEW. He's prolific in terms of getting things over. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, I can't blame him for what could be the up of their creative. Demon Grin, this is an absolute lie. I'm calling this out right now. This is not going to be forced as a narrative upon the, the late night Grin community. I did not care about Adam Cole, but I was always very clear that he would be good in AEW. Mm. Demon Grin, please do not... Um, Please do not make allegations like that that could that could destroy my reputation as I head into a vacation. Have we hadn't hit that spot? I may in a have while. said um, I may have said that he was going to be a letdown. To be clear, but yeah, I, I think feel like, that, I, I feel I like always... I've like backed my chair up further and further from the somewhere like you know I'm like here now. Adam yeah. Cole was always going to be a, like a, a an easy fit. I just like I'm not a huge fan. He's completely won me over. Yeah. It cost me so much that like Adrian didn't care about him at all in NXT and she loved him now. I know you're kidding, Grin. I'm I'm kidding too. I'm just 
when I said about he's allegations over. on a wrestling he's podcast. Over, <laughs> and uh, he feels like a star, and he's over. And uh, that's okay, my, that's, that's my that's my comment. Tr- on that. Jeremy Lambert, hello, Bob. He's actually not over anymore. That's oh, thing. oh, that's right. Yeah, Bob does these bits now. Listen, I'll be real. Jeremy Lambert, like the week after he debuted, was like, he feels like the leader of the elite. He should be in in Kenny's role. And I nearly like went through the stream yard to punch him in the face. I was so mad. That's where it goes too far. I still I don't see him as the top of the group at all. I, don't, I see Omega as absolutely above him. You know that's like there. That's the story they're already kind of telling, right? I know. But what I'm saying is, there is no way if I could have Kenny Omega on my roster or Adam Cole, I'm taking Adam Cole. No way. I would have agreed with you. Uh you know, six weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, it's been longer than that, I guess, two months. I'm not so sure anymore. There's a big match presence to Kenny Omega that Adam Cole does not have. I do agree with that. I don't know, man. Like, I've said it over and over again. Like, he's not my favorite, but, like, God, he just – I mean, I do like him, but he just feels like such a fucking star Probably. now. I saw Kenny Omega go into that shitty Impact studio – well, that's on you for watching four that. Plus, a four-plus star death match with Sammy Callahan as a rib. Yeah. he's the, Listen, and, and here's the thing. Is he a great promo? No. That's my problem. But I don't think... Cole is a really good promo, but I just don't... To me, the money there is not... Like... I think he can cut money promos, but he doesn't do it a clip enough to make up the difference in terms of pres. I think Kenny feels like an absolute monster big match wrestler. I think so. Let's let's talk about like. I think the story that they're going to tell is that they're going to kick Kenny out of the elite after he wins the yeah. title, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if the culmination of that involves Kevin Steen. I think they made. I think they may drag it out that long. <laughs> if, I think if, you're also going to get Kenny and um, and Hangman. As like reuniting eventually, and that'll be a really big moment when they eventually yeah. like you know. That would be interesting. If you all recall, uh, I booked Kevin Steen's first like, like a war games deal, right? This was seven, yes, seven yes. a month ago, and I said it would be Mount Rushmore, and yeah. they would all turn. You did that would actually dissolve, and it would be Mount Rushmore. I guess that's like a fact, sort of the elite, but not really. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's where they're headed. And I believe that would occur at the Blood and Guts event. Yeah. He may come in already and do stuff and tease stuff for a month or whatever. And then they do Blood and Guts at the beginning of the spring. Um, Who's in the Civil War deal? It would be... I don't know. That may be too fast to do like the, the hangman and Kenny thing. Fast. Like, unless, yeah. unless, unless they don't, unless they do blood and guts and like actually do something, which I would like was where they would like make it organic and not just have scheduled blood and guts every year in April or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't, well, but who would that be though? next fall or something like, you know what I mean? Would it be like, so Mount Rushmore's, Mount Rushmore's one team versus team Omega basically. But I don't know who that team would be. It would be Kenny yeah. Hangman for sure to be in it. That's too soon to put Kenny. That's, that's way too soon. <laughs> what I was like, getting at was Elite Civil War suggests that it's all of the elite fighting each other. Yeah. But I also, but I also <laughs> said you could do you, you could do Kenny Cole 
and the Bucks versus like a team of Punk, Danielson, Eddie, yeah, with that or yeah, something. Yeah. And then you have Steen, and then you have like later a few weeks afterwards, uh, Kenny's winner takes the fall, and then they kick him out of the group. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see the Good Brothers again personally. But (laughs) imagine Gallows in War Games. I'd rather not. (laughs) Comes in last, blades immediately as he walks through the door. So it's like it's 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 Steen Cole. And the Bucks mm. against Omega, Page, Abushi, and Okada. Well, there you go. My famed elite members. Yeah, well. Card. I think Abushi may have actually been in it. Hey, Bob, what do you call the good brothers? I actually call them the bad brothers. Thanks, God, the smile on his face when he got to hit that spot. <laughs> I'm really upset with you, Confirmed Shoot. What did I do now? You didn't take my side on the Kenny Omega, like, over-the-top praise that we do now on the show. Well, I didn't agree with you. <laughs> you get what you get, I suppose. Wow. Yeah. You, Joe, you you know my stance on that. So. Yeah. Okay, man. but hang on. Would you take Adam Cole above Kenny Omega? <sighs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like, I, I, either guy, both guys. Like, here's the thing. Like, I don't even know if I would. I just don't think it's me in a way. These these guys irk me, man. I just they just they just I don't know. I look. If you just want a guy on your roster, Adam Cole is wonderful because he gets over, he can cut promos, and he's he has a presence. But like as a top guy, no brainer. Yeah, Bob. What do you think? I'd probably still go with Omega. I, I mean, I don't know Kenny, but personally, I don't think either should be a top guy. But yeah. I knew that's yeah, I knew that was going to be your take. Um, I just think I don't know. Uh, but uh, but then again, I am like literally the way that I think is that's like that's like me not being with the times, and I totally get that these are the guys that are over. So I kind of have to live with that. Seriously, that's that's yeah, that's, that's the truth. No, that's um, and, and that's I, and actually, I, and I get that. Um, but they're, they're like. The only guy that's like of that ilk that I kind of see as a top guy would be Hangman, because I, I like I said he, he does kind of remind me of a kind of sort of reminds me of a Magnum TA. Um, but yeah, these yeah they yeah. don't they've never really felt like top guys in the for me personally. But again, I'm out of the loop me, when it comes to what what the hardcore fan base today wants. This is so. where to me wrestling goes beyond, like, the the scam report. Because Adam Cole, I think, is more well-rounded than Kenny Omega. But all I need for Kenny is to have, like, a Don Callis by his side or, you know, yeah. whoever, whatever mouthpiece. And I think he's more money immediately just because – for and this is wrestling. This is my read on it. I'm not saying it's right. But, like, to me, when he comes out with a world title around his waist, he's he, he to me, he's the world of weight champion, you know? To me – I can argue. I'll put this is the best way I can put it. I would take Roman Reigns before Kenny Omega if I was having a US promotion where I'm trying to like get guys over and be big celebrities, right? You know, Roman could be in films and shit. I get it, but I could argue confidently, and I may even believe it, that Kenny is an equal, if not better, top guy than Roman because he has the best pressed wrestling matches on earth. Critically acclaimed that deal. Whether we, you know, whoever. I am, there's no way I'm arguing Adam Cole is an equal top guy to Roman Reigns. 
No matter how much you push him, I'm never doing that. And I can do that with Kenny. Now, that doesn't mean I'm right. That's just my, like, stance, you know? Do you it's see, an interesting you see uh, Ben's comment? I did. Yes. Me. We, all, we, we all laughed at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting one. I Like, I don't want to – Cole's ceiling just feels so high to me. I know you don't agree with me, um, and that's right. fine. That's that's what it's wrestling fine. is. Just... Yeah, and and Devin, you're actually ahead of most people because, like, you literally said, "I well, I don't get it, but I know that I'm just, you know what I mean." Like, you accept yeah. the fact. As there's a lot of people who just won't accept the fact that these guys are over. <laughs> like, yeah, there's 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 a, there's enough other things, and there's 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 enough things they do well that I can that I can live with it. And there's enough other guys that I like a lot up and down the card that perfectly balance everything out for me. So it's it's not it's it's not a big deal. I definitely started watching AW in, in spite of them. They've won me over. Um, yeah, I will say that I fully recognize that I'm easier to win over. Um, it's it's really hard um, for me to dislike something when it's over as hell. Um, Besides, but besides the fiend Bray Wyatt, that was pretty easy for me to hate. Even though I, I'll be honest, I was actually they actually you didn't see much of that, right? No, I did. Okay, and I, I actually, I believe until he started wrestling, he had won me over. I was like tweeting positively about it, and then he started having matches, and and I it lost me immediately. But, um, yeah, I don't. It's. Like it's like the the Ghostbusters thing on Wednesday. That like there's some people I saw there's some I don't even remember who it was and it's not someone that I dislike or any of that weird Twitter. Like I just remember seeing the tweets. Like there's no way Adam Cole wants to be doing this stuff. And it's like, dude, he's like, a fucking video game nerd. Of course he does. Yeah, like you know we like probably popped on. him huge. Like, yeah. Yeah, he, he he probably had a blast doing it. People don't fucking he, first of all, they don't fucking know these people. They don't know what they like or don't like. Yeah. I will say that I'm a I'm pretty bullish on Kenneth Omega at this point in my life, but it's nowhere near as bullish as I'm on the Young Bucks. The young Bucks, right? They're incredible. Yeah, the year they've had, like I I'm in awe of the range they've showed over the last year. And they've always had that, but people dismissed it. And now it's on national TV in front of their eyes. They can't dismiss it anymore. Yeah. You I'm have like a, a mostly traditional tag with Mox and King. You have like a couple blood baths in there. One in being in the cage with the Lucha Bros, which was like, wow. Cause those guys can have so many different kinds of matches. Um, you know, they're doing this like a, like a really old school story with Jurassic Express, which is going to end with them guys beating them, which is going to rule. They do these great trios matches that I get why, like, you know, they can be hand-waved because they are the modern PWG match. But, like, there's not a safer bet in professional wrestling than a Young Bucks multi-man match in terms of in- entertaining the people in the building. I fucking love that match on Wednesday. Don't lie. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the main thing I've learned over the last couple years um, is that I was just kind of closed-minded and bought all the fucking fed bullshit we've all been there yeah um now i I, some of it was uh was less like 
out of ignorance and more just like me again, like I've talked about this before where I, I actively try to not overwhelm myself with the amount of wrestling that I'm watching. So it was easier. It's easier for me in my brain to say, okay, these guys aren't good. So I don't need to watch it. Yes. Uh, and then, and then of course, some of that, of course, was just me fitting in with the group, you know, and, and popping, popping my mutuals by <laughs> dunking on them and dumb shit. But like actually watching them, I don't know. It's. I mean, look, you're, everyone's you're different. You're an old timer, dude. <laughs> yeah, and look, it, it's all a matter of taste. Like I know, it is, yeah. you know, Devin, we've. I know you're you're nowhere near as high as them as we are. Even though I I think you are higher on them than you probably were before. Um, Bob, sure. I don't know where you are on the Bucks right now. Mm-hmm. I know yeah, Omega's yeah. won you over, but I'm starting to come around on them. I mean, they are very good. You can't deny it. Like if you don't like the act, that kind of is what it is. But they're they're very good. I mean, to me, like. Here's, here's where taste and like being objective, okay? I prefer FTR to the Young Bucks. I will probably always prefer FTR to the Young Bucks. I will be caught dead before I'm caught pretending they're objectively better than the Young Bucks. So I do not believe they are objectively better than the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. They have their match. They're incredible at it, and it's one of my favorite style of matches. It's, it's, I love it. I adore it. The, the degree of range the Bucks have shown, though, while being these kind of outlandish, over-the-top characters... I just don't think that's in Dax and Cash's wheelhouse. And that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. That's why we like them, isn't it? But, like, I guess it's just, you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. I, and, again, I adore FTR. But, like, objectively, I couldn't argue they're better than the Young Bucks. I think it's this important thing that that we've, we've got a pretty good grasp on, you know, putting ourselves over, but... Thanks. That there's a difference between favorite and best. Yes. Yeah. And uh, dude, I just said Mox is gonna have the worst match in the He's animal over my shoulder here with King. Like I yeah. don't think they're the best wrestlers in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's the object. Like, and it's you know it's perfectly fine if you just think your favorite wrestler is the best in the world. But for the what the way we look at wrestling, and I, I'm not putting myself on the level of you and and Oracle because I don't feel that I am, and I don't necessarily even want to be and i don't mean that as an insult just you know i don't want to be so analytical about wrestling (laughs) as i used to be like um i mean that you know look we've i've had that i've brought this up before but it's legitimate like i'm 40 years old i've been watching wrestling since i was 10 i reached the point within the last couple years like especially when i did that year i did the spreadsheet shit where it was like okay i just want to enjoy this right it's like when we come on here and we talk about this, I can talk about it for hours, but I'm not going to break matches down the way that, that Devin does. Like, that's just not, we just don't look at wrestling the same way. Right. Um, I watch, I mean, I, obviously I love seeing a great match, but I watch for the emotion and the spectacle and the, um, you know, it's like we talked about before where, you know, Devin, when he's listing his best wrestlers, he's going to list in ring. Whereas that's no, that's like forty percent of my case. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, rest, it's a subjective man. It is, but and what's the, and again, we put this as over. I'm sorry, but it's true. One thing I'm proud of with this show is we all we do not give in to the hyperbole when we're having real conversations. I know Oracle well enough to know that he did not enjoy the Lucha Bros Young Bucks cage as much as I did, and I think right. as much as you. And I was, I was about to be because I don't want to be like, 
Ah, yeah, fuck it. We can have this discussion. I kind of cringe. Well, I shouldn't say that's kind of harsh. When you say objectively, I don't really like to use that word because I don't think that that's the right word to use. Right. Um, but because I think that there's, I, I think that kind of leans into the great match theory discussion, and that's a rabbit hole we can get into. Um. Randy Orton's been in an awful lot of great matches. Um, great matches? Uh, oh, yeah. Does it say has yeah. he? Yeah. What great matches, though? Um, see, see. He's had a lot of good matches that we've all forgotten. He hasn't had many matches that people remember forever. Uh, how many matches do you remember from the Young Bucks? Dude, I just I think they've had more this year than Randy's had in the last 10. I really believe that. I'm not do doing you, a bit. Do you know? Okay, all right. Um, I and I love that. Randy. <laughs> Let's see. I I can remember two Young Bucks matches off the top of my head. In the last ten years, I can remember. Randy's like he's slim on classics, man. I can remember maybe four or five for Randy. I would give him years. the Raw match with Brian. Okay, yeah. From December twenty first. I was thinking of that one, yeah. No, I, I was thinking of the June 2013 Raw match. There you go. I think Can we both give them both for that. Other than that, and I say I love the man, but I don't know what I would consider to be a classic. Now, I might be being unfair. I'm trying to think about it as I go here. The other difference between Randy and the Young Bucks is, and like you may disagree with this, but I think is they have had nowhere near the lows he's had, dude. Oh, no. I, I don't even He's had some of the worst matches ever. <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree with that, but I think I think we have to be careful about. I don't know. I just think the language was a mis. I don't know. I don't agree with the language that you used. Objectively, hear that. Well, I think objectively. Um, okay, well, let's break down what that means. Objective. If we were to sit and have like a like a um, a system, we were going to rank people on, right? I would say the system would be. Firstly, match catalog has to be in there. It just does. It does. Influence has got to be in there, I think. I think, um, personally, I think variety has to be in there, and that includes working baby or heel. You know, I think, I put, like, as much as I love, like, Ray's an outlier for me because I think he's been so consistent, but generally, I think I would reward a worker for being great at both. Influence is, is, isn't as big for me, but I agree with the other two. Okay. Any others come to mind, guys, that you think should be in the if we were if we were just to put together like we were trying to rank the greatest? There, so by influence first. you mean like you mean business wise, or you mean on like, the business, but it can work by where it can be like a guy that yeah. was innovative. You know, you can. That's probably that's probably right. I do think I agree with Devin though. I don't know that we can use. I think the really the only objective way to and that is to analyze wrestling is is business. Yeah. Um, and that that's a shitty way to, I to know analyze wrestling. If you have, I'm being. If you have a criteria like the one I just described, though, you so that can criteria is still three... subjective. Well, look, if we said who has a better match catalog, Randy Orton or Brian Danielson, I think there's an objective answer to that for the most part. We can we can really look, we can get in the weeds and say I prefer this, you know, Randy Orton match, and like, that's fine. Well, I can but, I can tell you right now that trust me from the from the depths of wrestling internet hell that I've been involved in. If someone asked you who had a better match catalog, Young Bucks or PG-13, 
I know a lot of people who would say PG thirteen had a better match catalog than the Young Bucks because they think the Young Bucks style sucks and they immediately think the match and, and, they, and they and these people are people that watch the matches seriously. I get it, and I'm it is all subjective, but like there's got to be a at some point, like we could say, okay, who's had a better match catalog, Bray Wyatt or Masao? And it's like, well, subjective, right? And it's like, yeah, but come on, <laughs> like you have to. Yeah, like, but, but I know, still, I know, what you're, I know what you. It's just the overwhelming majority would think that it's. I mean, you know, you, you're not wrong. It's just. I don't think you can count. It, it's just that somebody out there might think Bray Wyatt has a better match sure. than than myself. But, that, but objective doesn't necessarily mean the world agrees on it. It means if you're being reasonable, that's the conclusion you would draw. Right. That's still, for example. Yeah. For example. And again, I go into this by saying I prefer FTR's style. Match catalog, you can debate, right? FTR have their classics. Young Bucks have theirs. Okay? I think the Young Bucks have way more depth on theirs. I think a lot of that's circumstance. That's fine. But circumstance is going to play into anything like this because that's how entertainment, sport, all the above works. We can't rank it on what could have been. We can only rank it on what was. Okay? Influence is an objective. I'm using that word. It's an objective win for the Bucks in that debate. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. And then the uh, the third was what was that third one? My bad. Variety. Variety. The FTR ain't working babyface. You know, like to yeah. me, I I don't know. Objective, objective may be too strong word. But what I'm saying is, objective to me means if you're going to be really like clinical about it and take your emotion out of the way, you're going to reach the same conclusion I reached. Here's 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 an interesting one. Um. And I've ran into and and I've met and 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 discussed wrestling with fans who are like this, who are who are similar to Matt, maybe would be the Matt would be the closest to them. There are people who analyze and write about wrestling and do all that goofy shit that we do, uh, particularly you and I, Joe, mm-hmm. but who don't think there's a difference between your favorite wrestler and what you think is great. Um, I know many posters over the years who felt that way, so like. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting discussion to have. I've actually had that discussion with your brother too, because I will say, well, I do think there's a difference between favorite and best. Um, and look, this is we we know the situation with him, but he's he's just the perfect example. If you like, if you were a fan of Hulk Hogan then to you, he was not a bad professional wrestler because no. you were a fan of him. Mm-hmm. He you wasn't can't a be a bad professional wrestler if you, if you know, like... Yeah, but then... Yeah, and I agree, but it's like... I don't think Hogan's bad on any real scale, if we're being yeah. honest about it. Like, we, obviously, there's one scale that we all agree is a piece of shit on, but that's different. <laughs> but, like, I, I personally think that, like... Professional wrestling conversation has to, and this doesn't mean you guys have to have it this way, but to me, it has to go a step further than just like, well, I liked him. I mean, that's fine as a fan, but when you're having, you know, when you're producing content to the degree that I do, I personally think there has to be more meat on the bone than just like, oh, you like Bray White? Cool, bro. Like, done. You know? No, you're you're not wrong. Right. You're you're the, you're the, you're, you're like uh, wrestling KO. Where, where you have to where you have to write a paragraph about about your review or you get kicked there out. You go. Um, well, it's like 
let's put it this way. The phrase, it was a bad match, but I liked it, which is definitely a phrase I've heard before. Like For what we're doing here, yeah, I guess that's a valid phrase. But if you're just a wrestling fan, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because yeah, if you liked bad. the match, then it wasn't bad. No, yeah. I agree with that, yeah. But, you know, this be like, if we're being honest, almost all the stuff we talk about here wouldn't work for, like, the actual person they're trying to get in the building, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the idea of ranking these guys and that stuff. I think, um, I can tell, like, if I was to do the top 10 professional wrestlers ever on, on whatever criteria I just conjured up, I don't think any of my favorite wrestlers would make the cut. Yeah. So, like, I'm trying to be as devoid of emotional investment in that particular topic. Now, you know that's not right. I watch wrestling, though. Right. You know? Like, I don't watch wrestling that way at all. I'm just – I personally think there are some guys that get tired with a certain, like, negativity, and it causes them to be compared to other guys that I don't think compared to them all, and the Bucks are a great example of that for me. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I I don't – if you don't have the Bucks in your top five tag teams ever, that's cool. You may, you're probably way more educated than me on tag team wrestling. Like, that's fine. But if you think they suck, I'm like, you can dislike them, but you think they suck? I don't know. That to me, that to me is like, that's being unreasonable almost. To me personally. Like, and to give you an example, for all the bits we're doing here, I do not think Seth Rollins sucks. I don't like him. Yeah. I don't think he sucks at all. <laughs> To me, that's the difference. That's just me. It's it's tough to differentiate those things though, because I I don't know. Like, if you don't want to watch somebody, yeah. Like, what does that mean? It means you know he sucks. I mean? Yeah, I I, like, I yeah. get exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's 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 like, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. I've been getting, you know, I'm really into the promotion and I try to watch everything as much as I can. Um, And I enjoy it. And it's not like I stop or throw it or anything. Um, And lately, largely because I'm on the show now. But I fast forwarded through Young Bucks Multi-Nance. I've done it. I put that fast forward button right there. I said, nope, I can't watch this shit. Um, Now, I haven't done that in a few months. Um, But there have been Young Bucks matches where I'm like, all right, they're doing this. Okay, I don't feel like watching this. Right. Um, now, if I had watched it, maybe it was a good match. I I, I can't give my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I'm the same with a lot of Seth stuff now. But I've also, but the reason I did that was because I had seen a couple of them before, and it just you know, I was just you know wasn't for me, you know. So I just decided I'm just going to fast forward through this. Um, that is like the Seth Rollins thing you just brought up is really interesting because. Using that term objectively, I don't know that he sucks. But we've we've both enjoyed him at times. So I'm sure I enjoyed him as a mid card guy in 2017, 2018. He's like one of the main reasons I stopped watching their products. So I don't feel like I don't know how I can turn around and then say he doesn't suck. But how much of that? If you so here's the thing. I think with him, he he has actually done stuff himself that turned you off the product. But how much of it actually was creative? And that's when you get into that weird... Because yeah. he feuded with The Fiend. Fuck, like, you yeah. know, and they put him with Becky on TV and had him feud with Corbin. All that stuff sucked. I was here's, a fan before thing, that. Here's the thing, and, and this is actually something I wanted to kind of bring up, and then we're changing the subject a little bit. There was a... Um, 
there was a tweet. I think we all know what, what, what I'm talking about here, where someone said that a lot of people who have never wrestled a match in their life were over here criticizing wrestlers in the ring. That's, no, no, that's, hold on, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. Yeah, the same person said, oh, I complain about booking all the time and criticize booking. Can you – what's more fair to criticize, the booking or the in-ring? Or can you criticize one without the other? It's There is always going to be an overlap because they're, inherently the performers are doing – they're acting on the behalf of the booker. However, I think all of us are pretty – you know, we've watched enough professional wrestling to know when a guy is fucking up in his own lane or when he's being sent out there to, you know, lose, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when when Alexa Bliss goes and works Shayna Baszler in one of the worst matches of the year, call me generous. I ain't blaming them two for that shit, you know? I know why that was bad. <laughs> she was hypnotizing her and shit in the middle of wrestling. That's on the booker. Yeah. Now, if, she, if Alexa had gone out there and was normal Alexa Bliss and she didn't sell her arm the whole time while Shayna kicked the shit out of it, that's on Alexa. I think that's where the nuance of those of us that watch wrestling for long enough, those in the chat, like... We know the difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I... sorry, Matt. No, um, you're fine. The buddy, uh, the guy who I work with mostly at work um, every day, is, uh, is, 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 a, uh, is a DJ. And, uh, you know, we chit-chat about shit and stuff, so I brought this up to him, and I said, as a DJ, I said, how do you feel about somebody coming to you and – you know, criticizing your, you know, your, you know, being a DJ is totally different than being a wrestler. I mean, that's right. thing. So, and he was like, you know, you know, it depends on the situation, you know, it depends, you know, if, 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 if somebody comes up, he said, you know, he's had, he said some people come up to him at parties and shows and be like, Hey man, you know, you, you know, you're, you're killing the vibe, you know, you're doing all this stuff and all that. And like being assholes or whatever. Um, but he said, you know, if somebody comes up and be, you know, and gives, you know, hey man, can you play this song or whatever, you know, he would, you know, he, you know, he's like, okay, you know, he, he basically, he's, you know, he's like, you know, it, it, it depends on what's going on. And then I was like, well, you know, at the same time, I was like, you wouldn't, you know, you, you know, you were doing something wrong if the majority of the party just left, you know, right? Like, and he was like, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Um, I don't know. Just, just, just so that's a that's a big thing for me in the Young Bucks conversation, or even a Seth Rollins that I think's interesting. In that using, I agree with Shoot completely. Like to me, for all of the flaws to the human being, I think Hulk Hogan. I'm going to use the word again. On the de- on what a professional wrestler is supposed to do, he was great at. Because what a professional is supposed to do more than anything else, more than popping us with our match reviews or any of that stuff, or filling out the scan report, it's getting over, right? And I sometimes will read, and I, I do it myself, takes on why ex-wrestler that has never got over, has never really connected with anyone, is better than wrestler B because they're a better promo. An example being, I'll give you a WWE example. Um there are wrestlers that are more well-rounded than Sasha Banks, right? They are not as good as her because their promo is a C plus rather than a D. That's bullshit. 
Sasha Banks gets over. If you send her in front of a live crowd, she gets over. She comes across like Star Chef's presence. That, to me, is the core ingredient of professional wrestling that always gets lost when nerds like us, frankly, <laughs> do sit here and do these conversations. And the Bucks are a great example of it where even though they have this kind of nerd element where Dave rates their match as well, what do they do more than anything else? They get over live, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Audiences react to them. That's where, to me, the term objective becomes hard to ignore where it's like, on what level are they failing at the job of professional wrestler? I don't know. Seth Rollins, other than when he was sent out there to die against The Fiend, where the crowd rejected it, and they rejected it when they would do shit with him. With, he consistently did. When he was the IC champion and stuff, he was over. When I was doing Mania Weekend, he sent the, the fans home happy on Monday Night Raw. Like, So that stuff's really difficult to me because there are nerdy wrestlers that pop me, like a Roddy Strong. Like, Roddy, no one gives a shit about Roderick Strong. And I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like objective it, it to me it's it's i'm being it's such a damn semantics argument. it's semantics yes thank you but it's just it bothers me because it's not it's not like ninety three thousand people could be cheering there could be ninety three thousand one fans in the building ninety three thousand could be cheering for somebody and one guy hates him to me that's objective no matter what um i guess different like though. yeah <laughs> Yeah, but to me, it's it's all terminal. I, I'm. That's like unanimous. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what the it, definition of objective is, but it's not what I'm thinking of. I guess what I'm saying. Right, right. I, 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 I get it, but it's like the same thing with like a film review, like, because I'm one of these nerds who kind of does see wrestling as art. So like, um, you know, I think film and, and wrestling is actually a really good analogy. I always think wrestling and sports is actually a worse analogy. Film and film and yeah, TV is a better analogy for wrestling. Way better. Way, way, way better. I agree. Um, because you know, you look at you, you know, you look at like box office. Um, you know, not a lot of box office. I mean, there's there's plenty of box office movies that had you know you, you know were critically acclaimed. There's tons that aren't. Different things, yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan. Box office, right? Not always the most critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, you know, fucking art house films or independent films from fucking Sundance. A lot of those are critically acclaimed. Yeah. How much money do they fucking make? You know. Right. Um, it's 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 the it's kind of the same you know deal. Um, I mean shit. Um, Pauline. Uh, Kale, is that how K E L? I don't know how to say her name. She's a famous uh, writer, uh, film film critic. She was like known for being a uh, contrarian, uh, and like, or maybe contrarian. Um, she would just like slam these critically acclaimed movies and stuff, and like there'd be movies that were getting like ninety percent reviews and shit, and she would just say how fucking yeah. terrible it was, and like, but she was also authentic. Like you know, she was actually she. That's really how she felt. And so it's just, you know, I don't know, like, um, it's just. But there are albums, and so this is, maybe this is where the divide is. There are albums and there are films that I don't love and I would not go to rewatch that I can tell you I think are objectively good, removing my personal taste. To me, that, really? and that's just me. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, I, this I is. I can't, I can't do that. Like, that's my read on it right there. That's exactly what I'm thinking. 
I mean, for, I, guess, I guess you could say, like, uh, for example, I think the Eagles fucking suck. They're fucking terrible. Um, but, like, I know their greatest – I know their greatest hits is, like, one of the top-selling albums. Like, I mean – in terms of business, objectively, yeah, great. But not even business. Like, you can – if you love – so if you go to the cinema, you can come out of a film that had shitty dialogue and the acting was terrible, but maybe it gave you a scare and it popped you. That's cool, right? Mm-hmm. You had fun. There's nothing wrong with that. But you could equally go to a three-hour film that was beautifully directed, wonderfully acted, you know, all of the above. You could say it was really good, like – I ain't rushing to rewatch it, you know? Like, it didn't connect with me personally, but I get that it was really good. To me, I can differentiate personally. It doesn't mean everyone has to. But I think there's a difference there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you there, actually. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I still don't I still don't think the I, – I still don't think the – Oh, man, this is – sorry, guys. It's just – I – we're on different wavelengths, Joe. I don't know. I, I don't think we are. I think it's just that words you're getting stuck on. Like, I think to me, so it's the equivalent of that for wrestling would be I can watch Randy Orton match and go, that was a good baby face shine. That was a pretty interesting heat segment. Good comeback, good finish. I didn't give a shit about it. I'm never going to watch it again. <laughs> you know what I'm okay. saying? But it was objectively sound. Yeah. To me, the yeah. ingredients you can analyze without enjoying the final taste, I think there's a difference there. Now, again, it could just be a, a definition. To me, this is what I'm, when I say the word objective, Toby Sue is coming here. It means that I remove my personal preference. That's all it means, you know. My uh, so and again, we're 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 almost going around in circles at this point. Yeah. But and it, we're almost getting into to layers of it. But I agree with you as far as producing content like this. Mm-hmm. As far as outside of producing content like this, I couldn't care less i don't think it's relevant in professional wrestling i like, i think you know that i don't either though you know yeah i know that's what's this is just like well i i've talked about this my brother dustin and i were talking about this the other day like it's funny because that this is for a lot of people in my family we're a family of critical thinkers so i just sit around and i'm in my head all the time and i just think about like the most like mundane shit critically like whether it be social issues or cultural issues or stupid bullshit like this, but I couldn't tell you whether you have to push a door to open it or pull it. I have no common sense whatsoever. Zero. I have no aptitude. Um, I barely know how to use my computer, you know, um, but like, you know, that's just, that's just how it is for me. That's just how the way I am. Like I, I sit around and, and people fucking hate me for it. They get annoyed with me. Because I just I have to play devil's advocate for everything. I have to give the opposite opinion for everything. Um, people despise me for it, but you know. To look, I think when you do greatest wrestler ever, I think we've talked about this on the show. You have a criteria, right? Like you have like your like whatever it may be, whether it's longevity, whether it's you know range, whether it's. Whatever it is, do you like? Do you go into that with like an like an idea of what are you actually rating these guys on, or do you just do it on feeling? Both. So, three. What would be like a just an, as an example, like your criteria for like ranking a wrestler? Yeah, if you're doing greatest wrestler, tomorrow I said to you, Oracle, 
send me a ballot on the greatest wrestlers ever. Like, would you, you would, I'd assume you'd go into some kind of outline of like how you were going to rate these guys, no? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I would look at like intangibles in the ring. You know, obviously, if, it, if it's in ring workers now, uh, we want to separate that. Um, right. You know, obviously, but largely would be at intangibles, how they're working the crowd in the match, um, variety, whether they work face, heel, trios, tags. Right. Um, you know, specific subsets of a heel, specific subsets of a face. Um, so how like long when... they could do it, how consistent they could do it, what their peak was like, how good their peak was, how long their peak was, um, if they had a good end of their career, if they had a bad end of their career, if they mm-hmm. were good rookies, if they were bad rookies. Um, you know, obviously, the match catalog does does matter. Um, what they do in matches that aren't going to be praised. Um, God, you, you need to read Matt D reviews. I think it would blow your mind. Um, <laughs> I just, that, guy's, that guy's fascinating. Um, you know, like, you know, watch, watching, watching, like, I remember reading some Matt D reviews of Big Boss Man. Watching Big Boss Man work like jacked. And him like doing four four paragraph reviews of a big boss man jack match, and like talking about stuff, how how he tremendous. does things so well and how he and now and how that adds to his case about how he about how he gives and feeds properly and at perfect times, and like I don't know, it's just <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people think about it that deeply. Um, it's, anal- but, it's deeply analytical when you're dissecting each piece of it, right, you know, right. and, and you know. Um, I think there's a lot to book, but like when you're when you're doing when you're when you're ranking wrestlers as like overall pro wrestlers, I don't think it has to be that deep. Um, I mean, it can be pretty deep, but I also don't think it has to be quite that deep. To me, um, and this is where we'll wrap this up because again, we're going in circles, but whatever. To me, as soon as you introduce criteria, even if you don't realize it, by my definition, you would be. Having, you'd have an objective choice on a lot of those. It's like if I said to you, who had more longevity, Randy Orton or the Ultimate Warrior? It's like, that's a tick for Orton, right? If I said, if you said, um, who was more over, you'd have a tick for Warrior. If I said, who has the better match catalog, it's objectively Orton. Like, that's what I meant by that. It doesn't mean, there's obviously going to be outliers and people will prefer what they prefer. I just meant, if you really remove all of your personal like i you know i like this style i think you will generally reach similar answers and if us four did if i give you all criteria and rank these 10 wrestlers i think we would actually reach very similar answers if we tried to remove our emotion from it now i agree with shoot that isn't how wrestling's supposed to be watched that also isn't how film was supposed to be watched you know this is all just what us nerds do to to fill our day and make us pretend that what we watch is more interesting than it is that's cool but like that's just my personal take the way my brain works is I can do this, but I also have no interest in doing that with stuff I don't like. Yeah. You know, yeah. I and mean, you're kind of like that, but you, you know what I mean? Like, for example, I've said it before and it's 100% true. Like, if I quit liking AW, I'm 100% not going to be on here anymore. Besides maybe coming around every once in a while to joke around. But, like, I'm not going to come on here every week and talk about wrestling if I'm not enjoying the product. Like, I'm only interested in in 
analyzing it when I like it. So it's like, that's like step one. And I'm not willing to go to that next level unless I've got that first part. Bob, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good way to do things. Cause like, you know, you don't gain anything from hate watching or whatever. If you're not enjoying it, like that is like the paramount thing. I think, uh, you know, like if if you truly aren't enjoying it, take a step back and you know find something else you enjoy, or you know don't Sorry. don't just power through it because you feel, you know, committed to it or whatever. We'll go back to our favorite Tyler Black. I have just decided I'm not watching these Edge matches. I'm not watching. I, I've heard they're good. I don't care. I'm not watching them. Yeah. However, I think if someone said to me, "I'm going to pay you a thousand pound, God bless, to do the top fifty wrestlers of the year." I would have to watch those matches, right? Yeah. It would only be fair. But what I'm saying is when I would watch them, I would basically have to check all of my <laughs> all of my gripes at the door to be fair. Right. And and you know, like so it's like Toby Susigras, and this is probably a good way to capture the whole conversation. It's like I can tell you all there is not one wrestler that's in both my top ten and my favorite ten. There's no there's no way. Um that's me, and that's probably where I'm weird about it. Like, again, I'm actually with you on that. I do. One of my favorites is Roderick Strong. I can't, I'm not trying to. <laughs> he's objectively good in one lane. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to use charisma accurately. He's just one of my favorites. So it's to like me, Ken, that's where, you know, it's different. Kenny's Kenny's probably in my top three best wrestlers in AEW, and I don't think he's in my top ten favorite. Perfect example. Yeah. Or if I said tag teams. Did you, and this is, sounds ridiculous, but this is crazy. making Devin so mad. He can't. You know what? <laughs> it was in tag really, It's just I. Now that I think about it, I really do have a lot of the same top ten favorite and top ten. Yeah, and that's what that's where the but you know the yeah. if you said to me my favorite tag teams in A-Dub, I would say Santana and Ortiz, FTR, Butcher and the Blade. I'd probably throw out yeah. you like I'd throw. I don't think any of them are bad in the past. I just prefer them. That's all. And, and where where Devin's probably different is for him. His enjoyment is within that analysis. Yes, it's different. Yeah. That's and yeah. that's why at the very start of this conversation, the example I was going to give was: I know for a fact Oracle did not like the Lucha Bros um, Young Bucks match as much as we did. He didn't say it was bad. He thought it was objectively, objectively, you know, if it was good. But we felt the roller coaster it more. I think. Should. Yeah. Well, I am, that match, I will never have a bad word that match because of the way it made me feel on the free count. Right. And again, over and go, you know his kids and stuff. That is, um, that doesn't mean I watch it like in a better or worse way, but it doesn't mean Oracle watching the better way. It just means we watch it differently. And naturally, Oracle's top 10 favorites, the reason they're his favorites, the same reason they're in his top 10 is because he's analyzed them. That's that's actually true. I mean, the, the only one who would probably not be like, there might be, there'd be a couple spots where they wouldn't, they wouldn't match. Like, CM Punk's top 10 favorite of mine easily, but he's not a top 10 roster. But Ray Mysterio, Buddy Rose. Um, Tenru, uh, um, Flair, even Funk, yeah. Um, you know, Flair, I, Flair's the issues lately are, but yeah, he's he's in everyone. That's that's a, that's a tough, that's a sensitive topic. Um, but, um, you know, Foley might still be a top 10 wrestler of mine. I'm getting close to ten now, but he, you know, he wouldn't be top ten all time for me in the ring. Right. But like I'm saying, is majority of my list, um, Fujiwara. God, I love Fujiwara. He'd probably be top ten work or close to it. What's interesting is, um, 
you know. The guys that you have experienced in real time, like Punk and Foley, especially Punk, because I know Punk's your guy, you've kind of, the reason they're your favourites but you don't think they're in that top ten is because you've been on that roller coaster with them, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've watched CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Your, your fandom of Tenru is born in something completely different because your fan of Tenru is born in actually sitting there and analyzing his matches and realizing how great he was. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different thing. That's all. Like, while you've grown to realize how great CM Punk is and was, that wasn't the root of your fandom, right? You just sure. fell in love with that person. And no, that's, he, you know, he was a straight edge dude that I thought, right? Was exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's, that's where, you know, and that's where this stuff, and I've, guys, I do apologize for going in circle. That's where it is ultimately interesting is there are wrestlers I really like that I think if you tried to put them on a greatest wrestler ever ballot, I, I don't know what my argument would be for them, you know? That, that's a really interesting thing, too, because I do think um, no matter what, someone could argue with me that on this, but I 100% think they're wrong. <laughs> If you watching wrestling, watching old wrestling is always going to lack a level of context. Yep. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Like we like I did that world class thing. I thought it was awesome. Guarantee you, I would have felt totally different about it Absolutely. if I was there at the time. Oh, yeah. Although, um, although, although I will say, it's always best to watch that stuff in order because that because you can get about as close as you can get. You can, yeah. Yes. Like, you can kind of immerse yourself. It's not the yeah. same. Yes. Trust me. I know. I totally agree with you. It's not even really close to the same, but if you watch everything in order, I think you can have a fair assessment of what. Mm-hmm. what yeah, I'm just yeah. I agree. With, I just there's always going to be a, a, a slight Absolutely. difference. Yeah. Like for mm-hmm. example, let's just use this as an example. What we're what we're experiencing with AEW right now, there's no argument that it's not enhanced by us doing this and talking about it. Absolutely, it enhances yeah. the whole experience for us, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's and it's impossible. Um, on I don't know how you can separate that, sure. And like one of the things that's really interesting about when we do these conversations is, is there's like there's a there's an, a there's an obvious recency bias with some stuff, right? Yeah, but then there's also this deal where like we're all really hesitant to go too far which means that today's stuff has to like go a step further so like how long has omega been the kind of consensus you know in ring guy it's been how long five, years. five years right yeah that's a serious run but if i compared him to a guy that had five years in the 70s or 80s it would feel like he hasn't done enough because we're living it so right. sometimes it works you like i think us with AEW. Like, I think AEW currently have an all-time run. I was going to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I but you know, you completely. we both know, Shoot, that if someone, there's people that we could have on the show that are our friends that would be like, you can't say it's only been two years. But there are all-time runs they'll list that were only two years, but they happened yeah. in 86, they happened in 99. That's the thing we do too. Like, I mean, I mentioned, um, there are in-ring guys. Like, I said Roddy a moment ago, and that's my guy, so I'll use him. Dude, Roddy Strong's been one of the work rate guys for 17 years yeah. <laughs> but if i listed him alongside a guy that had a great eight years in 19 in the 1990s it'd be like too soon let his career finish first you know that kind of vibe is it's well, really it's, difficult it's to balance about having time to really absolutely yeah i think like for example like 
in terms of all these like meaningful moments in AEW and whatever, the only things that that really stick out for me, at least in the last year, um, and I'll be even a little nuanced here and give two positives and one negative. The Brody Lee Memorial Show following his death, that will stand the test of time. All Out this year will stand the test of time. I, I just know. I just know those two things will stand the test of time. And the one negative is people are never going to stop. People people aren't going to forget the end of, of uh, Revolution. That's going to stand the test of time. Even I would honestly gonna... debate that one because I, I feel like people have already forgotten it. I don't think it's a thing now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say this. Uh, let me explain that one, okay? To me, it's a Shockmaster thing. It's a... Seriously, no, 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 no. I, 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 I feel like it's a thing that people will joke about, whether they like the promotion or not. Right. Um, I think I think y'all are getting way too worked up over the. Y'all need to take a step back and think about what I'm saying here, because it's not. It's no, not, I'm I'm not saying. No, I just, I'm not even taking. I'm just literally like I haven't seen anyone mention that on Twitter in months. I I yeah. also think like context with the Shockmaster is like that's a character they introduced that fell on his debut and they they rebranded him as like a class that fell down all the time. That's but different to two think, top guys talking themselves. When, I'm, when I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it in sort of a... Oh, God, I can't even think of the word. It will be a thing. I just don't think it will be as like easily referable as the Shockmaster is what I'm saying. I, Devin, I want to... and You may disagree with me, but... This is an example where I'm I'm older than you. And I'm not going to say I'm right and you're wrong. I'm just saying the Shockmaster thing wasn't really even a thing until WWE right. made it a thing mm-hmm. years later. Okay. Fair, right. fair. And so, I don't. That's probably fair. not going to happen with AEW, where there's going to be some other promotion. Maybe it will. Maybe WWE will own them in ten years and they'll replay that shit. You know, that's on other. Other. I, I think I think if if I'm going to play devil's advocate against myself here, pop. Um. It's that I probably was stretching trying to find a negative. Um, I do agree with you that I mean, look, I, but but I think Toby Susie to put it really good with Britt Rose. So that's that's probably another one. That's probably yeah. a third positive that would probably stand the first answer has got to be in there, man. Yeah, I would put I would put Punk in there. That's yeah. my number one. Well, Punk, yeah, yeah Punk, Punk. I, I kind of incredible. I kind of threw. Here's the thing with Punk. I kind of threw him in with All Out. Um, yeah, but I think that the, the last, the first, or the first. Yeah, that whole little stretch the right there. Um, I would, I would Danielson and Omega think would, especially when you consider, I get, okay, look, I would put that in the same vein where of, um, of the revolution thing, obviously one's positive, one's negative. I'd put those in the same vein where if you bring it up, people are going to remember it, but it's not going to be like a topic of conversation all the time. Fair. Cause like, I'm, I'm thinking of more things that are like going to be like in the annals of geeking history yeah. type of thing not not that not that those wouldn't be but um you know the punk obviously i was grew up in the punk thing with all out right like the whole the, the, that whole the, month from yeah. punk debuting to grand slam mm-hmm. there you, you could go. almost lump that like all that. together I as like that. as a moment i think kenny and brian with a weird group or not i personally do i think he's almost certain to always be brought up as like one of the greatest television matches ever. Yeah. Now I think 
And again, this gets back to that dumb best favorite. He's not my favorite, Brian Mason, AEW. <laughs> I watched but, it yeah. again this morning and got it fucking rules. It's incredible. It's but the first time I've watched it since I watched it live. This is off the top of my head, so I'm not like, don't hold me to this. I would have it as the second because you have to cl- count Clash of Champions with TV. So I would say Funk Flair, I quit would be my number one. And I would probably, in terms of like, it's easy to forget how that felt live, that match, right? It was on our body experience, man. That's Brian's first yeah. match in the promotion. I mean, I would have it second. You could have Steamboat Flair too in there. Like, that's fair. But it's, I think it'll always be brought up as one of the greatest TV matches ever. I really believe that. I mean, I could be proven wrong, but I really do believe it. Devin, ballpark, just just a number. How many Sheamus matches do you have above that Brian Omega match? Because huh. <laughs> I know it's at least more than five. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. I mean, I really did like Brian Omega a whole lot. Um I mean, I could think of five famous matches that I love, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's weird. Yeah, I was mostly joking. You don't actually. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. I, there's another discussion. Like twelve minutes day, left. But I actually think it's easier to rate wrestlers than it is matches. Um, yeah. Way easier. Some people think. I, it's, I, I that I agree with. Think, some people think the exact opposite yeah, and think it's yeah. way easier to rate matches, but not wrestlers. I don't agree with that at all. I can't. I find it incredibly difficult to rate matches. I hate. I, can, I, I struggle every year to figure out what my match of the year would be. Yeah. I, I I can't. I don't know. The wrestler, I can tell you right away. Oh, this is this is one of my. This yeah, I'm of my a, I think I'm on the other side of this. The more I think about it. Yeah, it's a smaller sample. That's for. There's no question about that. You're just analyzing one match versus their entire. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that when you ask Oracle like best match. He would take a far more nuanced look at it than I would. Like I would probably rank the big epics, yeah. whereas like unironically, Oracle would legitimately dive into like the fucking raw matches and shit. And that's why, right? That's a different. I couldn't do that. Um, I don't get. I enjoy like contained pro wrestling on TV, like a nice seven eight minute match. You know, I like it, but I don't get the same grin out of it that Oracle gets compared to like the big fucking you know long. Dave match. I've grown yeah, to really love that match. We're the same in that regard. Yeah. Like, I pop for, like, good example, Shooter. Remember how much I enjoyed Kingston and Anthony Henry? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and come on and be like, it's actually better than Kingston's 20 minute match with Miro. Like, I'm, I'm not built that way. Like, right. I'm not. But I know there's match reviewers that did that <laughs> and I yeah. respect it. Like, you know, that's whatever. But that's just me personally. I think Shoot and I have both. Against our, our better judgment, <laughs> no, not better judgment. But against our instincts, we've both realised that we actually do enjoy the big modern epic. Yeah, <laughs> like the match that melts to rate is really higher that people scoff at. I only scoffed it when I wasn't invested, and now that I'm invested, I watch those matches with Omega. And I'm like, yeah, five stars. Yeah, I really do. That's the fundamental issue for me. There is is I have to see it live. Fair. Like for an example would be like there uh there was that NX was it Tyler Bate and Walter went like forty five minutes yes. a couple years ago. Yeah. And my Alex was just like telling me I gotta watch this match. I'm like, there's no way in hell yeah, I'm watching a match that I know is forty five minutes long ahead of no, time. It's like uh, he's, uh, God, I know we're I know we're, we're in ten minutes, we're probably gonna close shop, but it's fine. Um, I'm off for two weeks, just keep going. Uh so um, 
Another interesting would be like kind of what Matt brought up earlier is like, what's the best match you've ever seen live? Not like in person, but like as you were watching as a fan. And what's the best match you've ever seen? Best match I've ever seen is like, I don't know, one of those eighties, one of those eighties New Japan tags, maybe the eighty-four Gauntlet, maybe the eighty-eight Elimination Tag, maybe the eighty-six Elimination Tag. Um, <clears throat> maybe maybe one of the Pillars Tags, um, Misawak Yama. Well, Akiyama's not a pillar, but he's he's kind of the fifth one. But um, versus uh, Kawada Tawe. Um, you know, you know, those would be like. But like the best match I've ever seen live, I don't know. Maybe maybe Cena Punk Money in the Bank. See, you know what I mean. Like this is where I think your level of analysis on a different level to mine. I don't speak for Shoot, but I think Shoot's going to be on board with this. Like, if I'm being, I love watching old wrestling, and if I was trying to be like smart about, I would list some of those matches. If I was being honest with myself, there's no way my favorite match wouldn't be saying that I watched in real time. If I'm being honest with myself, my favorite match would probably be Gargano and Almas. If I'm being really honest about it, because that match I watched in real time and I just couldn't believe how great it was. It's fabulous. Or I would like, I don't know, I'd have to see some of those Tanahashi Okada matches, which I know you're not a fan of. I'm trying to think what my favorite match in real time. I'm trying to think. I just like if I wanted to, again if I was trying to be most really of my favorite animated, matches were stuff that all happened before I was even watching wrestling to be perfect. That's the thing, and <laughs> I, if I was being really analytical about it, I would be like, yeah, I'll go with Flair Steamboat. But if I'm being honest, it doesn't mean nearly the same match to me that like that match I just said. It's got watch in real time, you yeah. know. Yeah, I don't even know if I could give you my answer, and a lot of it, it's always I'm always going to remember how I felt when I watched the match. Um. So matches I would put in that category would the Punk and Cena match at Money in the Bank's definitely up there. I would I honestly would put Bailey and Sasha from Takeover up yeah, there. Which I, I, I haven't felt like yeah, that yeah. watching a match. And look, I would I will I was so invested in that Bailey character and her winning that belt. And then that, them that having the match they man. had just felt special at the time. That and that's very one because I didn't watch NXT TV at the time. I just watched the show. And it, so it probably meant even way more for you than it did for me, even though I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's a context thing. And look, I, I've i watched the match. That's more probably the match I've seen maybe the most in my life, in all seriousness. Um, I, think if, I think someone now who's watched WWE TV for like the last two or three years, yeah. for example – went and watched that match today, they wouldn't get quite the same experience. They wouldn't, no. Because they know, they, they know where Bailey goes. Like it's, yeah. yeah, and that and that the type of match that those women had is more regular now. Exactly. And that's where you get into the moment. Issue. That's where you get into a real issue with watching back is sometimes the stuff that was more like, that was ahead of its time has aged better for that reason, right? And yeah. it's like, you know, some stuff... Like I've got past this because I've watched so much of it. Like I, Brett's one of my favorite guys to watch. There are people that will tell you they just like can't figure out why people love Brett because of the way the style has evolved. I mean, there was a match, and Bob, you can speak to this, right? We yep. watched, we watched um, Paul London and AJ Styles, yes. and Bob enjoyed it, right? But I could see watching Bob watch it, and I, again, if I'm wrong here, Bob, tell me if I got. 
But I could see Bob watching it that he was a little bit befuddled as to what made it such a classic because that match is now commonplace. Everyone does the AJ Styles pull line. You knew it was good, but you didn't like you weren't sitting there pumping, you know, going crazy for it. Yeah, though, like I said, it didn't really like feel like it hit like that next level that yeah, we're because, kind of used to by now. Because since that match, yeah. there's been two more levels that have been added. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if you're being if, you, if Bob had gone into it with a with a fine tooth comb and been like, damn, AJ's selling that leg great, he may have appreciated more, but that wasn't why he was trying to watch it, which again, we all agree that's not you should I'm, watch I'm trying to think of matches that I've seen as a fan myself and since I see I started watching Really started watching January two thousand. Trying to think of the matches. Triple H and Cactus was big for me, but I watched it on tape. God, like, I love that. After it match. happened, mm-hmm. but I didn't really like. I knew the storyline, but I wasn't that that kind of that match in the Rumble with Rikishi dominating and stuff and all that stuff. And that that's was what made me a fan for life, you know, or at least that's what that's what hooked me. So like. um Boy, Sinu Umaga, Last Man Standing. Man, I remember watching that live. Great. Dad, Dustin, and I were fucking going nuts. I'll never forget the fucking, the running, the spot where like Umaga runs across the table and splashes yeah, into the other one. Yeah. Dude, we were losing our fucking minds, dude. Cena bleeding everywhere. Like that, I remember watching that and losing, oh, Brock Cena. Extreme Most 2012. I told you all the story of my dad, like mm-hmm. freaking mm-hmm. out and saying Cena should kick Brock on the balls. Um, <laughs> like, See, those matches are, and I, you would agree with this, I'm sure, like they're 100% enhanced for you because of how you watch them. Sure. They have to be, right? Like, and I watch the builds for them, and I here's right, my like, the whole thing. Here's my perfect <laughs> example. I literally, this may be the best example I have. Cody Dustin. I'm never going to forget how I felt during that match because number one, I was realizing that I had found a new wrestling promotion to watch in real time. Like literally as I was watching this match, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to stick around for this. And two, it made me remember how I felt when I watched wrestling when I was a kid. And like, it's an experience that I'll, I don't know how great, like to, that was probably my match of the year that year. It's I'm probably always going to put it in like my top 10 of all time. I have no idea if it actually has any business being there. That's where I think we can go full circle with this. And like, there is clearly a difference between you ranking that above another consensus great match because of how it made you feel. Yeah. But there, it's still there is a level of critical quality there that, like, whether you even realize it or not, because the way it's made you feel like it belongs on that list. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I agree. Right. I actually agree with you on that, and that's, and that's. I think if the match wasn't good, it wouldn't have made me feel that way. Exactly. Right. But so. there are some, you know, to we, the subjective term. It's like if Bob said to us that one of his favorite matches ever was. Shelton Benjamin versus Carlito on a 2005 Raw, which is feasible. That's a Bob. That's Saint Bob would say, right? He'd be like, okay, cool. But you know, you're really gonna put that in your top ten best matches. It's like it's, it's a different stretch to you saying Dustin and Cody. I prefer to Hangman and, and Kenny versus Mark. That makes sense. Like mm-hmm. the difference in in quality there is is small enough that you can easily just be like the way that made me feel puts on a different level. It's a, there's a there's a difference there. I think like. I don't think anyone's ever going to see you rank that match as your number one and be like, hang on, wasn't enough false finishes. It's classic. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, 
that's the thing. We're kind of bouncing around here. We're talking about context. Yeah. And actually, before I do that, let's let's we're approaching the four hour mark. Yeah. If you're listening to the audio feed, the audio is about to end. Good luck. We're gonna keep going for a little bit. I don't know how long. Well, you can leave if you want to, pal. The look of terror on Bob's face just now was was palpable. Um, but yeah, if you if you're interested in what we're talking about, you can go over to the video on YouTube and continue watching. Um, but yeah, we're gonna keep going. So, um, the Brett thing and context. Yeah, when Brett Hart moved up to the top of the card became a legitimate world title contender. I was 11, 12, that was, you know, 11, 11 to 14 range. When kids my age, we just thought Bret Hart was cool as shit. You know what I mean? Like it didn't have anything to do with him being a great, like he was, we thought he was a badass. It and I think work. people now who like, who are Bob's age, for example, or Joe's age, cause I forget you're a child. Um, don't have any context to that. Were you the kid who who yelled at him in the aisle, Brett? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like that's a funny 